All right. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing today? I am Coach Tina Ramsey, the visionary and the host of the Homeschooling with Excellence 2 event that is taking place right now. We are starting a little bit early. We're going to start in about three more minutes. We just want to give you enough time to get in the room. Make sure to like, follow, and share. And we want to also give some accolades, give some shout outs to the ones who helped make this event possible. And also let you know about some amazing things that are um, some amazing promos and discounts and different things that different business owners have been given. That's going to give to those who are a part or participating in this event. Uh, first up, we want to give a shout out to Attire by AA. Yes, Attire by AA. Attire by AA is a uh, company that actually has merch. So if you're looking for motivational merch and or you have a business and you would like to advertise, then you can go to Attire AA and use the coupon code 15% off and you will be able to take advantage of that. Thank you, Attire AA, for giving our viewers and listeners 15% off. We truly appreciate it. Next up, we have the amazing Jamal Brown. Yes, from black365.com. He is giving all of our participants 10% off. So if you're looking for Black Curriculum 365 Days of the Year, then this is the place to go for all of our homeschoolers that's looking for a one-stop shop, looking because you don't want to do all the planning where well, he has done the work for you. So just use the QR code HSOILS to get 10% off. And for those of you who are looking for remote job things that you can do from home while you are homeschooling your children, we give in a way with CTR Enterprise a free 30 job resource guide of jobs that you can do from home. You can simply put in a coupon code remote job and you'll be able to get that 100% off uh, code. So take advantage of that. The first 30 people can take advantage of that. Next up, we have Lovely People Boutique, where everyone feels lovely after they wear these clothing. High quality, professional clothing. And if you just need to go on that nice date, this is a Lovely People Boutique. Make sure you go there today. And last up, our, one of our speakers is actually going to be offering a free giveaway to help you with college. So make sure you go check her out, FeliciaGrimes.com. So without further ado, you know what time it is. It is three o'clock. So let's get started. Welcome to day two of our homeschooling and excellence event that went viral on 106 news outlets, including Yahoo Finance. Today, we have nine speakers coming to the stage to pour into you to help give you the solution to your problem for a homeschooling business wellness life. Yes, first up, we have Karen Sherry, Kiana Mensa, Shayna Asby, Vera Thomas, Lotta Love Hopkins, Monument Mom, Kara Davies, Professor Felicia Golden Grimes, and we will be closing today with our visionary and host, Coach Tina Ramsey. Want to give a special shout out to our commercial sponsors and special guests, which is Thomas Anderson of Cottage Computer Systems, Cedric Washington, Multifarious Studio, CTR Enterprises, and our website buddy. Get ready. It's time for us to start day two and get poured into because now you will have a solution to homeschool with excellence. 
Kern Cherry. I'm an entrepreneur, author, coach, speaker, and I am the parent to three successful adult children. My husband and I, who've been married for almost 35 years now, and we're also the business owners, uh, business owners for almost 25 years now. We both have uh, experience in the healthcare field, and I have been in the healthcare field personally for over 35 years. So today I want to talk to you about raising three successful kids and raising raising doctors through the homeschool system. As I stated previously, we have three successful uh, adult kids. My son, Dannon, uh, has his own moving company. My middle child, Jasmine, is a pediatrician internist, and she's currently uh, finishing her, her residency at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And her and my youngest, Denise, has just finished her orthodontic residency and she at Howard University and she's currently doing her job search. She uh, both of them actually went uh, both of my daughters graduated from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and they both actually played on a tennis scholarship at Alabama A&M thanks to the homeschooling system. So it wasn't an overnight success. No, it wasn't. Actually raising children through the homeschool system, I think is a great option, but it's not going to be without bumps in the roads as well, just like any school system. As a parent, we had to struggle with making the decision, making the decision on what was best for our kids, what would work best for them while they were currently in the traditional school system. My son actually finished in the uh, traditional school system, uh, even with all the uh, problems he had with dyslexia, he did graduate from the traditional system. Uh, but as my daughters, I got to the ninth grade and the youngest to the seventh grade, I started to realize that we were not, we were not dealing with the same system that I dealt with as growing up as a kid. So as I was growing up, I always saw that if you got your academics and you took the right course, you could actually get an academic scholarship. But the system has now changed. And if you're paying attention, a lot of times for the, uh, for the child that is in a sports has a better chance of getting an athletic scholarship versus an academic scholarship. Uh, there are many roadblocks now that keep you from taking the uh, appropriate courses that you need in order to be on the right track for the uh, academic scholarship. So to make a long story short, we had to make a decision on what was best for our daughters. Uh, they were playing tennis at the time, uh, and they were starting to get a lot better. They were, we were traveling as well, but we had started late in the tennis system, so we had a lot of groundwork that we had to do. In addition to that, uh, they even though my daughters had A's and B's, 
they were spending a lot of time coming home late at night from the tennis court, getting their homework done and things like that. And then the habit to where they could not always do what I thought was appropriate for them to get an academic scholarship. Uh, we had to make a decision on what would be best for them. So uh, we decided to go with the homeschooling program. Now, that is not a field of mine as far as teaching. So I was very fortunate to have a friend whose mother had been homeschooling uh, many kids for years. And so we chose to go that route. And so I wanna talk to y'all what we saw as some of the advantages and disadvantages so that you can make a wise decision on whether your child is, is better in the homeschool system or the traditional school system. So as I said before, for our family, we decided that our girls were going to, uh, to one day, at one point we had planned for them to play professional tennis. And if that didn't happen, or even if it did, they would eventually go off to college and, and uh, head on their paths to become doctors because their dad had always told them as little kids that one day they would become doctors and thus they are. So here were some of the advantages that we saw. We had a lot of time to spend with our kids, traveling with our daughters to other states. We could make sure that they were focused on the right exercises uh, that would help them develop their game. And this was essential in a sport that demanded a lot on the body. Uh, we spent many hours on the tennis courts, uh, many hours in tennis clinic, individual clinic, group clinic, uh, uh, playing different, playing three to four times a month. So it was really important that um, while they were even, while they were traveling, that we also made sure that they're, their exercise programs were good as well. Uh, so number two, the things that we saw, because that we were working with a friend on the home homeschool program, we had a lot more flexibility. Uh, so we were able to, as I said before, travel and be able to come back and make up that time or even make it up while they were on the road. But we found that they could focus on areas um, and lessons that they may not have strength in as well. And so my oldest daughter, when she was in traditional school, even though she had her grades were great, but I always found that it was a struggle to even out her grades so that she could, you know, one area that was weakened than the other, it was harder for her when she had two or three areas that needed focus. So in the homeschool, she was able to focus on the areas that were weaker uh, instead of battling to figure out which one she was gonna focus on. Uh, with number three, we could adjust the girl's schedule, their schedule with the homeschool program. And because they were playing national level tennis across the country, uh, we, were, that was, we were able to accommodate uh, them traveling to other states. And sometimes we would be traveling as far as from Mississippi to Arizona, or Mississippi to Virginia, and some of the tournaments were national and they would last a week, a week and a half. So, of course, 
Uh, some, some kids even spend longer times there. So for us, it was important to have, uh, to be able to adjust their schedule accordingly and be able to come back and, and catch up on their work as well. The other thing that we noticed is that the relationship with our kids was stronger. You know, our son went to regular school. Even though we have a strong relationship with him, I find that even more when you're traveling and spending time with your kids, and because we had our own business, we were able to do it more than probably some other people were able to. So we found that our relationship was stronger as a parent. We were able to introduce them to business early, you know, being a business person and things to look for. Also, we were able to get them involved in community activities such as setting up and running a booth for the for something that was going on in the community, whether it was Senior Expo, some kind of health fair, they were able to participate and learn from that as well. Ultimately, they were able to, to gain more um, community engagement and learn how to communicate with, with seniors and people that they would ultimately be seeing as well, because now that they're doctors, they ultimately see patients and have to uh, be patient and learn how to communicate with them uh, as well. So number five, ultimately our doctors, daughters were, uh, became, were able to be more independent. So I would say that's another thing that I see with homeschool kids. They get a lot of independent uh, development. They can they can operate on their own. They don't need as much help. And of course, with uh, playing tennis, that, that only enhanced it because on, on the tennis court, you're by yourself. Uh, unless you're playing doubles, you're on your own. Unless you're on a college tennis team, you're on your own as well. But pretty much, it says a lot of independence that's needed to make those independent decisions. And of course, when you get to college, it is at a whole nother level for most students and you're being able to act and work independently becomes very important at the college level. So I found that this was a great strength for them. Uh, at some point, both of them uh, during their college time, uh, at some point, they both had a part-time job. They, uh, they also had to uh, keep their grades up because they, they were on a tennis scholarship and their grades during that semester were all A's and they were playing at, a, at the higher positions on their tennis team as well. And most people, if, you, if you're not in it, you may not understand it, but tennis in college, you play every week. Then you had, then they had a part-time job, and then they had to keep their grades up as well. And they actually had their high school average during that time. So it just shows how all of that homeschooling eventually came to pay off. Uh, initially, we worried about them missing uh, social interaction uh, with their classmates and their friends. Uh, but what we were able to find, because they traveled with tennis three to four times a week, they were able to interact with kids their ages as well. They also had gym practice and uh, other training that they went to, uh, uh, weightlifting 
uh, training with other track and field teams to get their speed up. So they were interacting with kids and on different, in different groups that allowed them to keep that social interaction as well. So we found it was very effective because they were able to spend more time, uh, more time on their stuff, they were able to focus on some, we were able to focus with them as far as on the healthy nutrition things that they needed uh, for tennis. Now, uh, no, they were not eating healthy food all the time, but there were some things that they needed to help build up their muscles, things like that, uh, just to help them be fitter. So when that muscles get tore down in a, in a sport like tennis, because you're doing a lot of, lot of uh, back and forth, things like that, we were able to make sure that they were getting in the right nutrition for that. When you're in school, you're eating cafeteria food, and it definitely isn't always nutritional. So that was something that we were able to intervene on and make sure that they got that as well. In addition, right now, the eighth thing I would say is because we're dealing with a horrible disease right now that's going around called COVID, being homeschooled actually keeps your kid from being exposed, overexposed to that disease. I don't think it's going to keep them from getting it 100%, but it definitely lowers uh, their chances of getting it and becoming really, really sick. So I also see that as an advantage right now. Uh, my kids, especially my girls, also, number nine, were able to develop strong bonds between each other because they, they were spending time in homeschool, typically in traditional school. My two daughters, uh, one would have been in ninth grade, one would have been in seventh grade. So they actually wouldn't have interacted as much in the traditional school system until after school. But because they were homeschooled, uh, they were at, able to interact more, developing even a stronger bond, even to this day. Uh, they, they call each other and talk about decisions that they're making. And they also call their brothers. They, all, they really have strong bonds between all of each other as well. So that is an advantage that I saw. Some of the disadvantages, and I didn't think there were a whole lot once we really got into it, we realized there were more advantages than disadvantages, but some of them were spending time around your parent all the time can be a disadvantage in the sense that the child may feel smothered or feel like they're just around them so much. Uh, fortunate for us, we were involved in tennis a lot and it did allow them to interact with other kids and talk with other people and be around other people as well. So we felt that kind of helped disperse it and not be 100% parent. But it, there is an advantage, as I mentioned before, to spending more time with your kids. Um, it was stressful in the beginning, as I said, versus uh, stressful making that choice of doing homeschool versus traditional school. And it was stressful to me, it's stressful sometimes helping your child uh, through the homeschool work because really and truly you're kind of on your own, uh, but uh, you kind of deal with that as well 
in the traditional school as well, because a lot of times kids are coming home and use their parent hadn't done that type of work in years. As far as math is one subject that I think is always a struggle. So, uh, so it's kind of a disadvantage, but at the same time, you find the same issue in traditional school as well. It definitely was stressful in the beginning as far as the anxiety on whether our children will be able to go and take the homeschooling and get accepted into colleges uh, and actually get a scholarship or a degree. What we found by playing sports, that the colleges really wasn't as concerned. They were more concerned about their ability to perform. And now colleges are targeting homeschool kids to actually start uh, taking colleges early, um, not only uh, because they can, but also because they can perform and spend a little more time on that college work and get started early. So that's something to think about as well. I suggest also, number four, um, you know, one of the, the one thing that can help with the disadvantage is finding uh, homeschool groups and finding or finding a parent that's already been involved in the homeschooling. And this can help you make life a little bit easier. It's what we did with our daughters. We were able to uh, find a parent who already had some knowledge, was already working with homeschool kids. And so she was able to help us get the right curriculum for the kids, which she used to help uh, to to actually train them and, you know, educate them as well. But she also made sure it was a program that gave them a high school diploma at the end, which was really important to us. And so that was an advantage as well. Don't know if we needed it at the end of the day, but it was important to us that they did get a high school diploma uh, from that homeschool program. So in, in closing, I do want to, I uh, do want to uh, think that because, I don't want you to think because it's homeschooling that this is going to be a problem for your child. A lot of times in regular school, your child is, your children become distracted. And ultimately, sometimes they're not able to reach the goals that you set before them. And what I found with homeschooling, a lot of times your child is less distracted and they're able to, um, to, to accomplish their goal. I can honestly say from my experience, you know, finishing high school pregnant, uh, it did change the path that I had planned and that I was on initially uh, for college. And so um, being homeschooled, my daughters were not distracted by that and they were able to figure out what they wanted to do and accomplish that mission. So as I said before, my son who owns his own business, he is a father uh, as well, raising his son. My daughter, who is uh, uh, currently a pediatrician internist, Jasmine, uh, she is also a mother and married. And then my youngest, as I said before, Denise has just finished and is on her journey to selecting her job as an orthodontist, uh, hopefully here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
And so again, I'm Kern Cherry. Uh, you can connect with me uh, by going to my website at kerncherry.com. You can also go to most social media sites from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Love Clubhouse, and LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there and connect with me either on the Kern Cherry or Kern Crockett Cherry. I have so enjoyed sharing with you today. Hopefully these tips on advantage and disadvantages of, of homeschooling will help you in your journey and help you make the right decision for your child. Thank you. It's going to be on today. I'm so happy that she made time in her busy schedule to come on the show to enlighten all of you in regards to education and the services that she has. So without further ado, let's bring on this powerhouse. Before I do, let me just say a little bit of something about her, right? This is Kiana Mensa. She is the founder and CEO of Back to the Basics Tutoring and Mensa Educational Consulting. She has a plethora of certifications and degrees with, in regards to tutoring, helping children with learning differences, special needs, IEPs, all the things that all of you need to know about in order to help you on this new journey with the virtual world of learning. So without further ado, let's bring her on. Yes. Hello, Kiana. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tina, for having me again. You are just like the most amazing person I ever have known in my life. <laughs> Oh, oh, and I feel the exact same way about you. But this is not about me, boo-boo. This is all about <laughs> you and all the amazingness that you bring to the table. The only reason why I look good is because all of you make me look good. Because you're all, everyone that I bring on, I bring on you because I see something amazing. And I just want to spotlight you um, for the world to know who you are and so that they can connect with you. So let's go ahead. For those of you who are tuning in, remember to like, follow, share. And this is Kiana Mensa. She is the founder and CEO of Back to the Basics Tutoring and Mensa Education Consulting. Let's jump right on in, child, because they need you right now. So <laughs> what made you start your own tutoring business? Well, I get this question often because people are just like, you just so passionate about it. And I always say, you know, um, when people always say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right. So my goal was to be an attorney and God was like, no, you need to work with my children. And I'm like, are you sure you're talking to the right person? Um, but growing up in Chicago, um, I had a tutoring teacher um, because I just could not grasp the concepts of, of fractions. And so having that exposure to a tutor was something that uh, was really, really important. And then I was taking care of a child in my home who was entering the sixth grade, but did not know how to subtract. And so um, I was kind of taken aback by that. Like, how is it that you're going to middle school and there are still some elementary principles that you haven't yet learned? Um, and so God put it on my heart to reach out to the community um, to say, hey, like how many other people are struggling with this? And we got an overwhelming response about how many people were actually um, struggling in those areas. And so 
we ended up doing it pro bono and then we just kind of grew from there because we saw that there were so many children struggling and just not enough supplementary help to help them. Well, that, <laughs> I, first of all, we're going to double back a little bit what you said. I don't think the audience okay. really heard what you said. All right. Okay. Everybody knows what I, I personally say, as well as she says, that God has assisted human because the track record of my life and what I thought I was going to be doing versus what I'm doing now, <laughs> what I'm led to do, is two totally different things, and we surrender to the process. But she actually said right. she went to school to be a lawyer, criminal law. So that <laughs> that is the lot. Criminal law, yeah, tutoring, pro bono. <laughs> yes, it was like I was just you know. Um, Growing up in the inner city of Chicago, um, uh, I saw a lot of injustice in the system and I saw um, a lot of um, particularly African-American men who were subjects of the criminal justice system and not have any other representation other than um, what what the state provides for them. And mm -hmm. typically just, just data have shown that most of the time the, the numbers, they're just looking to get numbers. And so I grew up in those conditions knowing that I wanted to save, save our, our men um, particularly. And um, I didn't realize that the vision changed until I was actually working in a prison. Um, I was mm -hmm. teaching courses in the prison and I realized that hey, we need to start with the children. But I didn't realize that I was putting that in the atmosphere when I was saying that. So mm -hmm. uh, working in the prison, I, I, that was one of the most amazing jobs I've ever had in my life, um, working with those men in the prison system and giving them restoring hope. And I wanted to do that. But I also said, hey, this is kind of a late start helping them at this point. So we need to start with the children. And I didn't know that that would turn into a tutor company a few years later, but it definitely did. <laughs> so I, The vision was the same. You want to help young, you want to help men and you realize that you need to start with the boys so they can grow up right. to be sufficient men so your vision still was the same it just kind of really was but it was a little change i guess what it was is like you know my whole goal was to go to harvard you know i'm just like yeah i'm going to harvard um my bachelor's degrees in criminal justice pre-law with the money in french and and then legal studies emphasis and then i did part of my master's and i'm just like yes i'm going to harvard so i can be the next johnny cochran and god was like yeah no and I'm like, okay, <laughs> if, if you say so, I guess I can't really argue with you, but that's exactly, and I, and that's when God showed me really what um, my purpose was. And that's why I'm here today with you. Well, I love it. And I see all the testimonials, all of the different things. Like it's one thing to say you're doing something, but it's another thing when you see the data, you see the receipts and your children that you are tutoring are excelling the point of where they started and how they are progressing. And pretty quickly, I might say, um, yes. the confidence level, because, you know, I'm a, you know, education is my core. Um, mm -hmm. I taught in the school system, particularly children with, uh, they say special needs. I just like to say learning differences. But I mean, I also have a child with learning differences as well. So it, it has always been the core of being a voice for the speechless, the ones who can't speak for themselves. And you do the same thing. Let's talk a little bit about 
uh, this topic. Uh, you are a certified master IEP coach and an elementary strategies for ADHD. Now, all of us know what ADHD is, ADD is, but many people may not understand what an IEP is. So could you explain a little bit about what that is and what your what your expertise is with that particular thing? Yes, actually. So I went through this mentorship program uh, with this wonderful, amazing lady named Catherine Richard. Um mm-hmm. She has she's um, she has this program that teaches us how to be um, master IEP coaches. So an IEP is an individualized education plan um, that is usually put into place to help children prepare them for future education, future employment and independent living um, and get them the special accommodations that they need in school um, to be successful throughout their academic careers. And so uh, basically what we do is we help the families advocate um, in a very friendly manner um, to get the services that their children need based on um, based on any type of condition or different learning differences that they may have um, so that they can be successful. Um, and that could we have worked with um, a plethora of families. Um, we have worked with families that have this that children may have dyslexia. Um, we have cognitive delays, uh, cognitive issues, intellectual disabilities, uh, learning disabilities, um, brain injuries, um, ADHD. Um, we have some children that um, may be on the spectrum but des- may not have a diagnosis yet. Um, and we just work with children that we are also seeing a, 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 a influx of children that have gifted abilities now um, that may need special services as well. So we're, we're getting um, a wide range of students that, you know, we're excited to continue to further into the community. Well, I am so um, thankful that you have really taken hold of this and you just you, you you're just doing amazing things in regards to giving not only our children confidence, but the parents easing their stress. Because one of the things that we want to do as parents is to be able to have our children be, you know, learn more than what we learn, be successful and to surpass anything that we have ever done. But how can a parent do that when they don't have the correct resources and tools? What I love about you and what you provide with your back to the basics tutoring is that you touch all you impact. If you impact the child, you impact the family and you can change the trajectory of that family's history. And so you're actually changing history one child at a time. time. And that's that was the plan. And it's so funny because, like I said, with the original vision um, was to rehabilitate the community and the family and then Mm -hmm. to, like you said, change the trajectory. The trajectory, I can't even say the word right now, but to change the trajectory of them going into the prison system so that we Mm -hmm. can. Um, basically kill the school to prison pipeline and give them the um, success that they need so that they can be productive citizens of our communities. So what we're going to do, we're going to hold that thought and we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, you guys go get your pen and paper and make sure you get connected with her. If you are a parent out there homeschooling your child or your child is back currently in public school, but they still need a little bit more assistance, then you definitely need to get in contact with Kiana Mensa. 
But watch these commercial break. We'll be back in a moment. And we are back with the amazing Kiana Mensa. Yes, she is the CEO and founder of Back to the Basics Tutoring. And we are going to bring her back on. Before the commercial break, we were talking about IEPs. We were talking about elementary strategies and all of that good, amazing stuff. So let's just piggyback off of what we were talking about because parents need to know that usually an IEP goes along with a child that has learning differences. And with what you do, you make sure that they are receiving the proper services. Uh, because as you and I both know, if you don't have someone advocating for you, sometimes even with the IEP, you still get left behind. <laughs> you still get left behind. Uh -huh. So let's just talk about that a little bit more. So um, it's it's not a lot of times advocacy can kind of seem like it's aggressive um, and it does not have to be. Um, typically, um, parents need someone to help them navigate the process because their emotions are really high. Um, it's their child that they're talking about and they, they see things that the school may not see um, and they're like kind of getting a little upset because the school not understanding the school is trying to explain what they see. The parent is upset because they, you know, it's, it's a lot of emotions that's flying high um, in the IEP room slash 504 plan room, depending on what's going on. Um, and so an advocate is something that's very important um, to get on the road uh, because it helps to first kind of simmer down the emotions and then come with data. Nothing speaks louder than black and white. And so when you want to change a goal in the IEP, we want to see, okay, well, why are we changing this goal? Do you have data to show um, that Johnny has improved in this area and that he no longer needs these services? Um, so to have that, that in the area and sometimes um, schools are unaware of like what, what needs to be helped what what services may need to um, they may need to provide for the student and so sometimes we get to help the educators as well see like hey um this um this is something that the child needs the good thing about this part for me is that i'm like a double i'm a double whammy because i get to show hey i get to bring my own data to the table usually as well because i'm saying hey i've been tutoring this child for X amount of time. And here's what I've learned has worked. And here's the data to show that it worked. Is there any way that we can implement this same type of service here in the school um, so that we can get the same results? And usually I haven't had too much feedback from schools, um, but typically they are usually on board with the parents and I um, to get the, the, the right services for the child. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for explaining that because that can be a confusing and scary thing to hear IEP. Um, mm -hmm. and, but to know that IEP is really designed to help you and your child if you have the right resources and ones who actually know how to ask for what you need and just don't 
you have to get it in writing. Yes. It doesn't matter what someone says to you, the teacher says they're going to get this or that or the principal. Make sure you get it all in writing because once it's in writing, they have to abide by the, the, the plan. The plan. So get it all in writing. But it, IEP is a very useful tool. So we're going to talk, since we're talking all about uh, the different certifications you have, you share with us a journey with what <laughs> your life and your vision, what you thought you was going to be doing versus what you're doing now, which huh? is something that's really amazing. But what does Back to the Basics tutoring offer uh, to the public? And do you have any virtual services that parents that may not be in your area can um, benefit from? Yes. So um, we do have virtual services. Um, um, a lot of our, um, like I, our newer service that we've added are more in-person based, like for the um, activities of daily living and things like that. But we can still tutor your child online in reading, excuse me, in reading, math, writing, um, science, and um a couple other subjects depending on what your child needs because sometimes they may need just a little bit of support in uh, reading but that really um can help in the science area because they were misunderstanding how the question was being posed um, yeah. but as far as the services that we do actually offer so we offer tutoring and reading um in math and writing um, then we also offer, like I said, in science. Um, we're also offering um, life skills cor courses. Um, we mm -hmm. offer um, activities of some activities of daily living. And because we have a grade bar as well, in the activities of daily living, we're teaching personal grooming um, in regards to like your hair and things like that. Um, and and that's pretty much what we have to offer now. But our services are are continuing to grow as we continue to expand our team. So some of the viewers may be wondering, like, what grade level do you guys uh, specialize in? Is just elementary? Is it just high school, middle school? Um, what what age bracket or grade levels do you specify? In? Oh, I'm sorry, I did forget that part. So we actually work with kindergarten through 12, but then oh, we also work. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we also uh, work with some adults. And then before this year's over, we intend to have um, GED services added as well. Amazing. So for all of you who, because a lot of times we hear about all these amazing tutoring services, and then we read the small print and it says, well, we only help elementary school. And then we're like, oh, <laughs> Then you read about it. Well, we only help middle school. And then it's very uh -huh. few businesses on that or that tutors high school. That is a biggie. And so what I love about your business, your company, is that you provide services for K through 12 and even some adult services. And now you just heard it here. They're working on GED. So you're not left behind with back to the basics tutoring. So do you have anything that you want our viewers to know about that you plan on doing this month, next month, or any part of this year that you would like to let us know about? Oh, wow. Um, that's that's a tough question, Tina. Uh, but yes, we are, you know, we also have our financial wealth classes that we do. Uh, we weren't in it. We weren't able to do any for um, March, but for April, we will be releasing another um 
another um, service, uh, which will be our financial wealth. Um, we do that typically every month to talk about mm -hmm. generational wealth, creating financial literacy. Um, and then in this one, we're going to be talking a little bit more about real estate and how to um, gain real estate. And we're going to have us a special guest that is um, from a bank that will be able to speak from a bank's perspective of what you need in order to get loans for real estate. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we have a couple other pop-up shops that we're going to be doing. Um, and like I said, the GED is one of the, mo the biggest services that we have. Um, wow. But other than that, we that's pretty much where we are. We, we don't know where God is going to lead us between now and then. But as far as what we know on the books, that's, <laughs> that's what <Yeah>. we have. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And of course, you guys, you know, I'm going to keep you in the loop of what's going on. So when I see flyers pop up on her timeline or back to the basics, you guys, you know, I'm going to share it with you because like she said, I, I've noticed as she see a need for different stuff, they introduce more things. So make sure to keep your eyes on back to the basics tutoring. Now, how can you make sure that you don't miss none of these notifications? You go follow her. Yes, you go follow their business on social media. And where do you find them at? First of all, you can find them on the wide web. Yes, the website is www.backtothebasistutoring.org, not .com, .org. This is organization, baby. And you can find them, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram as learningmadefun.basics. That's learningmadefun.basics on Instagram. And of course, by doing that, you will be able to uh, stay connected with what is going on at any of their amazing uh, tutoring services or any type of workshops that may be happening in the future. But I'll do my best to make sure I remind you to just in case you forget. All right. So Kiana, thank you so much for giving us some of your time and sharing the amazingness of what you all do and how you're actually changing the trajectory, the trajectory of our children, starting from the children and moving up and so they can grow up and be confident because a child that is confident with learning, no one can take that away from them once they unlock their full potential. And so you actually assist in that. So in a way, you are doing legal work because you're preventing them from getting busy with stuff that they don't need to get busy with. They're concerned about staying in the books. And that's right. Um, <laughs> so in a way, you're still doing what you had intended to do. It's just a different way of doing it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So well, thank, thank you. you so much, Tina, for all that you do for us in the community, your work. Um, you're definitely making history. And I'm so grateful that I met you. Um, and I look forward to working with you in the very, very, very near future again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I absolutely love what I do, connecting and just bringing to the forefront amazing individuals like you, entrepreneurs and celebrities that are truly making a positive impact in the world and through that positive impact you're actually changing history and so that's why i do what i do because it's more to the world than just tina i want you to see all these amazing people 
that makes me look good, all right? And you're one of them. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. And so this has been another episode of, yes, the Tina Ramsey Show and Podcast. We just had the amazing Kiana Mensa of Back to the Basics um, Tutoring Services. And I'm going to pop her website up again so that you guys can get in contact with her. Not only is she certified, and she's qualified, she has the results. You can look at all the different testimonies from her students and see the progression from them having a lack of competences now being fully competent, not only within their studies, but within themselves, which is the most powerful part. And that's why I absolutely love what she does because she gets down to the core of our babies and make them know that they're amazing. All right. Hello, hello, everybody. <laughs> the Tina Ramsey Show and Podcast is gearing up for an epic season four coming your way this fall. We have introduced you to some amazing standout men and women entrepreneurs, celebrities, influencers, authors, coaches, actors, singers, and so much more from all over the world. They share their knowledge with you while we were having upbuilding conversations centered around business, wellness, and life. We absolutely love spotlighting you and having fun, sharing your mission, purpose, and businesses on our show to over 250 million homes worldwide, allowing you to amplify your voice and increase your visibility, impacting the world while helping to change people's lives for the better. So we want to give a special thank you to all of our previous guests who have graced the stage on the Tina Ramsey Show and podcast or season one, two, and three, because we could not have accomplished all of this without you. But if you are an entrepreneur or a coach or an influencer or a celebrity and you want to gain more visibility, then come on over and be a special guest on the Tina Ramsey Show and I, You said so much good information. I don't even know where to start at first. Like... Okay. Oh, it's my pleasure. I I have been watching you, Coach Tina, from DJ Diddy. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Tina. Hello, 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 everybody. No, I'm actually happy to be here, and I have to. So get up out your bed and have that that good moment. You're like, woo, child, yes. To have this nickname, you have to be an amazing woman. So, uh, opportunities for more people to fulfill their dreams of becoming an author. Thank you. And his name is Mr. Jamal Brown. He is the CEO. I drop a pen. <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have a mic, but something happens. You're like, oh, I know I have it. So let me go and check <laughs> what I have. Little Jim. Hey ladies, how are you doing girls? And we actually crossed the water, so our last magazine Girl, Girl, you know I got you. So go ahead. (laughs) Hi Tina, hi. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much Tina. I appreciate the opportunity to be here on this magnificent morning. Not about me, boo-boo. This is all about you and all other people. Yes, yes, so I love it. She said, Yay! Yay! Wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I, wait, wait, wait. I have some of that for you. Wait a minute, let me get it. You guys may not realize that Matt Wells, that's not it. 
That's not it. So get ready and go to the TinaRamsayShow.com to be one of our upcoming featured guests on season four. Coming this fall. <laughs> Father, provider, protector, role model for a son. The image of the man that will be the husband of your daughter when that time comes. What's best for your children should be concern number one, regardless of the obstacles a father must overcome. Sometimes the injustices of our society towards many of our fathers can make it hard to stand. But you gotta stand and be a man and a father to your children in every way you possibly can. Demonstrate their worth through you by the words that you say and the things that you do. Don't ever put your children down or call them out of their name. They may become whatever you claim. Lift them up to higher ground. Let their inner beauty be seen, be found. Show them and tell them how special they are. Be the light. Be the light. Be the light that takes them far. Show them and tell them how much you really care and let them know no matter what, you will always, in all ways, be there. Pray that our fathers will be guided by the light to lead their children in the ways that are right. I am the Family Life Coach. I'm coming to you today to talk to you about how homeschool education actually allows you to educate the whole child. Within being a Family Life Coach, I have learned to observe children where they are, as well as bring to the forefront some of my techniques that I use from parenting. I also have written a program called The Right to Knowledge, which I teach in the foster care system, where I give them a great foundation of where to begin, learning the pillars of self-love, family, community, education, and, and purpose, which is located in the Right to Knowledge program. As well as writing the program, I also have been called, I am also a four times published author. You can find a lot of my books on Amazon. I do want to introduce you to two books that were part of my foundation. One of them is called A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich by Alice Childress. The second one is called The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. These books were part of my foundation in youth, and I'm so ecstatic about that. My mother introduced them to me. So A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich is a story by Alice Childress that contains incorrect grammar, misspelled words, and a lot of slang. 
My mother basically told me what you will read would determine how you speak and how you speak would determine how you write. So I'm great, so grateful for this. The second book is The Miseducation by the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. This book, I really didn't understand as a child, but as I became older and I reread the book, I understood what they were trying to explain. One of the things that they were trying to explain is that the education system that we're currently under within the public schools was only subjecting us to work in the factories. So we were only supposed to receive education to work in the factories and not to go further than that. Yes, it's true. So once you read the book of the Miseducation of the, Car of the Negro by Carter G. Wilson, you'll be able to understand the public school se sector a little bit better. My mother stated as a child that she would put me on punishment and I would go in my room and read a book. So when she realized that that didn't work, she decided to make me write book reports. So I'm grateful for that. Even these two stories as my foundation on life. It started my foundation rather. Also, being a parent, also, I wanted to find the best type of education for my child. So within that, I took him to many different schools trying to find him a great education. The, the type of school that I actually took him to consisted of an African-centered school, charter schools, public schools, private schools, evolution schools, virtual schools, as well as self-directed education. My son was able to obtain a lot of different knowledge or information from all of these schools, which allowed me to observe and realize that our children actually learn more when they're actually open to a plethora of information as opposed to a narrow perspective of information. I loved it. Now, I can say out of all of them, self-directed education was definitely the best for me because it kind of gave me a grasp of who my son was and what area or field that he should go in and become an adult. And I was able to basically self-direct that with him and give him courses that would help him attain that information. He wants to be a language interpreter. So that means that we were to gain his, you know, build his curricula according to that within the homeschool environment. Also, I believe that a lot of things that comes when it comes to the homeschool education should be started at home, right? So that means that we have to build relationships and start bonding with our children. And then bonding and building relationships and learning our children, we're able to learn who they are by observation. So when my son was younger, I actually observed him crawling around and going to the VCR tape that was on the floor or the VCR player that was on the floor. I saw him trying to put the cassette tape inside the VC, the v, inside the VHS player. I didn't bother him. I just allowed him to continue doing what he was doing. But through observation, I noticed that he was consistent. He would not give up until he actually put that cassette tape which inside that VCR player. This told me that, that him, that the way he's gonna learn He's going to learn by doing, but he's also going to be that type of person that's going to be able to accomplish anything that he put his mind to because he's persistent. That's through that observation what it told me. Another one incident that happened when he was a child was when 
he was in kindergarten. When he was in kindergarten, he was able to attain student of the week. While obtaining student of the week, he was able to eat lunch with some of his peers on the stage. He was also he able to be the teacher's assistant. He received a, uh, a certificate with that and as well as his picture on the board. Within the next few weeks, he was acting up in school. And so when I asked him, like, Marcus, you know, why are you acting up in school? Don't you want to be student of the week again? His response to me at that time was, Mom, you can only get it one time. I thought to myself again, wow, this kid is too smart. So I had to, like, be witty or outsmart him. That's what this told me. So those are things that through observation, that when building bonds, when teaching from home or homeschool education, that we can be aware of to help enhance those skills or other things so we can learn our child. That helps as far as homeschool education. Now, also through my observation of not just my child, but other children, I also learned that for every two children that people have, that more one child, that one child is more left brain or more right brain. So I so that one child might be left brain, more left brain, the second one may be more right brain. But in understanding this, it actually completes the whole child, right? And the reason my theory for that is, is that so we would not only have to support on ourselves, but we have to learn from each other. Now, triplets, twins, there it's the same thing. They're all different but one is more left brain and one is more right brain. We just have to acknowledge this and see it for ourselves. Now, with that learning, with me, by learning this, I understand my role within the, in, in the village, right? So that means that it's, they say it takes a village to raise a child. I believe this. Now, through my girlfriend's observations and friends of mine, they're able to show me things that I didn't even see because it takes us as a unit, right? But these are a few of the observations that I basically have observed. Another one is, again, like I talked about before, is the left brain thinker and the right brain thinker. Now, when it comes to children that's more left brain, they're more logical, rational, have objective, systematic, and they're great in math. They're the ones that, that people consist of being more the followers, meaning that the data can and they're able to act within the data that comes in. Now, when the right brain thinker, he's the more creative person. They love the arts, they're great in the imagination, they're random and they're emotional. Now, the ones that's the right brain, they're great at music, they love music, and they also, they're great thinkers as well. Now, what I realized is that the system that we're currently in they more appeal to the left brain thinker because they're more logical and they follow direction. Now the right brain thinker, they're more the master builders. They call them the master builders because they're able to create and, and think outside the box. They're creative. Have you ever seen the movie called The Lego Movie? It talks a lot about this. So the right brain and the left brain is definitely a great place to start to understanding who your children are so you can help them shape to become whole and whatever they're missing you can actually educate them on that or take education from a whole different angle to give them that wholesome type of learning or understanding 
What I also realized is that in history, when it came to leaders, we always had two leaders. One was more left brain and the other one was more right brain. So here we have Malcolm and Martin. Now, which one do you think is more left brain and which one do you think is more right brain? So I say that Malcolm was more of a left brain thinker because a lot of his information he got from somebody else, but he was able to be self-educated, but the information came into him first and then he was able to spew that information out. When it came to Martin, he was able to take the education that he learned from somebody else and create a whole movement of what he wanted to do. And he had to think outside the box in order to do it. Now, as time progressed on, those two people were able to understand more of the other person's learning style and that they were different. Instead of coming apart, they were starting to come together. But of course, that was later in their life and later in their learning. Tupac and B, the same way. They were both great artists on different pages. One was more left brain and one was more right. I'm going to ask you, who do you think was more left brain and who do you think was more right? Hmm, you tell me. I'm going to leave that one up to you. <laughs> now, my son was given an assignment a couple of weeks ago, and the question was, do you feel that people or humans have stopped evolving? My thought was, no way have we stopped evolving. We are always supposed to grow mentally, physically, and spiritually. When we stop growing mentally and spiritually, we're in trouble. We should be learning every day, keeping our minds open to learn something new. I look forward to learning mentally, physically, and spiritually. And it's our jobs as parents to continue the growth of our children, mentally, physically, and spiritually, by observing what they don't have and teaching them what they need to know in order for them to move to that next level. And when they're ready, we should be adding on to that. And they'll be learning how to adapt to the environment that they're in and learn from people, other people around them. Learning styles. Different learning styles is definitely a great way to understand who your child is. Our children need to know that they learn differently. And we need to be, as parents, know how our children learn. This will actually help you in, in understanding who your child is if he doesn't do something to the point of where you thought he should do it to or how he's learning in school. There's 12 different learning styles. Some of the ones that are different learning styles are listed right here on the screen. The first one is visual, a visual learner, an auditory learner, tactile learner, kinesthetic, sequential, simultaneous, logical, verbal, interactive, indirect experience, direct experience, and rhythmic, rhythmic melody. Now, the three types of learning styles that people usually adapt to within the school system or different places are visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Now, a visual learner is the type of person who learns more by seeing. They have to sometimes watch a movie, see a video, go outside and see the views. The person that's more auditory they're the person who actually listens. They have they learn by, by listening, maybe a speaker or presentation or by music. The person who is more kinesthetic, they actually are more hands-on people. Sometimes they have to 
be hands-on, get in the groove of learning how to do it by action. Now, there are some people that have a plethora of different learning styles. There's nothing wrong with you having different learning styles. So you might have to see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, breathe it, <laughs> as well as do it. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Another part of learning at home is creating characteristics. Our children need to learn how to have integrity about their character. That comes from having morals that are set in place or inside of them that they know if I do this, I'm going to look bad and I have to set some type of standard about myself, about myself for me not to do something or feel bad about it. Another one is ethics. When it comes to ethics, oh my goodness, understanding that every cause has an effect. There's a consequence for everything and every action has a reaction. And I should know this, that's gonna morally, it's gonna impact everything about my integrity or characteristics. When it comes to values, these are different things that I hold dearly about myself and I value them. And then one of those things of value should be how we carry ourselves with integrity and our characteristics. Every time my children go out the house, they are representing us and they should know that. And even their children, when they have children, they're representing them too. This is something that we need to think about. In the family life coach, which Shana asked me the family life coach, I actually have a creed that I have the family sign that talks about you as a person and what this family actually stood for and what we should stand for as a whole. Every family member actually signs this creed and it's like it becomes a family model. I love this part. The Bible basically states in Proverbs 22 is that you train up a child in the way that they should go and they will not depart from it. I am so strongly about, I feel so strongly about this proverb due to the fact that if a child goes untamed, uneducated, undirected, you know, and they just, they're just out in the wind. How do I know? Because a lot of times that was me. I didn't receive that whole education. And through observation and my own learning of looking at myself or self-reflection, I was able to understand this. I had, of course, the education part when it came to school, but what I lacked was I didn't know my self-worth. I didn't have integrity. I didn't know about characteristic styles and how important it was in order to understand that. I didn't know I had a different learning style until I got to college. But a lot of these things would have actually helped me in understanding who I was as a person, right? As well as self-directed education. I'm following along and not understanding that I should be finding out who I was because high school is gonna end one day and I have to go to college. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely a very important piece. So that foundation of a child is definitely important. We have to learn that we have to shape and mold that and not leave other people to shape and mold that for us. That means that the current education or the educational system that our kids are in, a lot of us are working and we're not thinking about how our children are being trained up at school.
Martin Luther King stated, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of our character. Again, character is everything, everything in this day and time. It should be about integrity. It is our duty as parents to shape and mold that character to become greatness. I hope you like this presentation that basically gave you my views on education and how education actually helps you shape or help you educate the whole child or homeschool education rather. Home attains the best type of education. Observation of children is definitely one. Growth and how we're supposed to be growing mentally, physically, and spiritually. Understanding your child's learning style and maybe even the learning style that you may have that you didn't even know you obtained. Ethics, morals, and values become with integrity. We should hold our children with high standards, right? But that is only taught at home. The right to knowledge is a program that I actually taught or teach within the foster care system and everywhere that I go about self-love, family, community, education, and purpose. These are the pillars because I believe that you have to have these pillars to set yourself off in life. If you think about self-love, understanding who you are, self-worth, and know that, then you'll be able to understand family. If you get in the family or you're in a family, you'll understand how to love family because you understand how to love yourself, right? And understand that everybody is different. But even though we're different, we can still come together as a family and learn from each other. And if you know who you are within the family, you don't have to worry about who everybody else is. You'll know your role and how to connect people everywhere else in the world. Because family, I believe, is the first set of people that you could deal with before you deal with everybody else in the rest of the world because you can't divorce your family. <laughs> They're going to always be your family tomorrow. That's to teach you how to get along with other people. When it comes to community, I have to understand that what I do in the community or what I do in my house affects my community. And what happens in my community affects me. It's an indirect reflection. And I need to be involved in community so it can have the best output, right? Or the best outlook on life for other people and for myself. When it comes to education, we'll be forever learning for the rest of our lives. Learning it's not just a today thing, it's an everyday, it's a lifestyle and purpose. Understanding that to get to your purpose, you can go through these different steps to understanding that you have a purpose in this life and you will be able to understand what your purpose is by accessing or knocking on the door of all of these pillars. Being a family life coach is definitely enjoyable. You get to meet so many people and you get to meet so many different children and you get to work with them on so many different levels. But being a family life coach is so meaningful to me because of my foundation and how I was brought up. So I am able to teach and educate and have fun with the family and teaching them how to bond. There are many different services that we actually offer. You can look them up at www.beautifulbyshayna.com or you can call me at 803 415 9682. Thank you so much for this presentation and enjoy your day. CTR Enterprises is a consulting service business created for entrepreneurs and startup businesses to provide them with beneficial assistance and coaching for business development. We help you build your online presence. 
we provide multiple networking opportunities. Do you want to become an author? Do you want to speak on stages? Do you want to be in magazines? Do you want to build your influence? We provide PR, branding, and social media marketing help. We have resources to help business owners grow. We have a community of business leaders ready to network. We provide homeschooling consulting for busy parents and business owners. We teach you how to start a TV show or podcast. We teach you how to monetize what you do from the comfort of your home. We help entrepreneurs maintain their health naturally as they scale up their businesses. CTR Enterprises is the one-stop shop for the wants and needs of today's entrepreneur. Visit our website today at www.coachtinaramsey.com. We are here to service you.
from examples like you and me, our children grow to be what they see. Do you show hatred, indifference, or love? Do you yell and scream no matter what in spite of? Have you shared kind words with your child today? Have you truly listened to what they had to say? Or did you just ignore and continue on your way, hoping they get the message and go somewhere and play? Children are an extension of all that we are and the most valued God-given gift by far. There are so many things they must grow to understand. We must guide and lead them with loving outstretched hands. Teach and treat children as people too. See their light shine bright through the light which comes from inside of you. And I just want to talk a few minutes about some things that can help to instill greatness, not only in yourself, but in your children as well. One of the things that is so important is the ability to accept responsibility for your actions and behaviors. Now I can speak on that because right after being separated from an abusive marriage, my son was only a year old at the time. I left my husband when my son was six months old because of the abuse. He attacked me in front of my son, and I was not about to raise my son in that kind of environment. And I remember when my son was about one year old, one of the members of my church, she came and spent some time with us. And I remember being bitter and saying to her, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for him, my life wouldn't be this way. And she looked at me and she said, no, Vera, if it wasn't for you and the choices that you have made, your life wouldn't be this way. Well, needless to say, I became rather defensive. How dare you say this is my fault? Well, I had to think about it and reflect. If I had not made some choices that I made, then my life would not have been that way. So understanding the ability to accept responsibility for your actions, your behaviors, and the consequences of that. I'm telling you, there are a lot of parents that don't get it. And so if they don't get it, how are they going to teach their child to accept responsibility? I remember teaching my son and saying to him, you have to accept responsibility for your actions, your behaviors, and the consequences of those things. I drilled that into him. But just think, had I not started accepting responsibility for my actions and my behavior, then I would not have known to teach him those things as well. I remember one day I was driving, I had someone else in my car and my son called me. And the first thing he said to me was, mom, pray for me. The second thing he said was, I really messed up and I gotta fix it. Now, in the meantime, I've got someone in my car who was just telling me that she didn't feel that the things that were happening in her life had anything to do with her actions and her behaviors. 
when in actuality, she felt the sense of entitlement like someone owed her something, like somebody should be doing something for her as a result of her behavior, her consequences. And so I said to her, she heard my son, and, she, and I said to her, you can't blame anyone for what's happening with you right now because of the choices that you've made that have resulted in this situation. So one of the things that as parents we need to do is learn to accept responsibility for our actions and our behaviors. There are so many adults out here that want to blame everything on everybody without looking at what is it that I did that caused these things to happen to me. So I'm talking about instilling greatness in yourself and your children. I also want to talk about in that poem I mentioned, do you yell and scream? Well, let me say something about yelling. There are four basic types of yelling. The first, of course, is yelling when we see that a child is in danger. I remember visiting Ohio when my grandson was two years old. And I had, we had gone on a ride, and as soon as he got out of my car, he took off, just running. Now, I couldn't catch him. And all I could do was scream, Miles, 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 come back, Miles. And I was yelling. And he kept running. He kept running. So I couldn't do anything but yell, just yelling to try to keep him out of danger. It so happened. He was getting ready to cross the street. Thank God there were no cars around. But a neighbor across the street ran into the street and grabbed him and brought him back. So when we see that a child is in danger, of course, we are going to yell. A second type of yelling is when we're raising our voice and we don't think we're yelling, but other people see it as yelling. We're just trying to get a point across. Well, maybe we need to de-escalate our voice and sound more calm so that people aren't think, thinking that we're yelling. Now, there was yelling back in the time of slavery when slaves would yell back and forth to each other and use this call and response. And they used it as a tool for communicating without the slave masters understanding exactly what they were doing. Now, that was necessary yelling. But then there's that yelling when we are angry and we're frustrated and we're just all out of sorts. And we start yelling at our kids because they're not doing what it is that we want them to do. That kind of yelling can cause much damage. I had a teacher tell me that she could tell the difference between a child that is raised in a family where there's constant yelling and a child where yelling is not so much. Studies have shown that the brain waves change in children that are constantly yelled at. Yelling can cause all kinds of problems, physical problems, stomach aches, 
backaches, headaches. Yelling can cause emotional problems, depression, anxiety, shyness, because a, a person becomes begins to become an introvert because they're yelled at all the time. And then that fear of speaking up or saying anything because they're going to get yelled at. And it just causes a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Think about it. How do you feel when you are yelled at? What kinds of physical or emotional problems do you incur as a result of someone yelling at you? On the other hand, I want you to also think about what kinds of response do you get from yelling? From yelling, you may end up with a headache because you've yelled so loud. You may end up with your stomach hurting because you've yelled so hard. Yelling is not good. Now, don't get it twisted. I am not saying that I never yelled at my son. But when we know better, we do better. And so when I recognized that I wasn't getting anywhere yelling at him, because yelling also teaches a child that that's the way to handle conflict. It also teaches a child that yelling is okay. And it also can generate additional bad behavior from yelling. So how did I stop yelling? Well, when we yell, we recognize, we recognize when we're, our, we're getting all worked up and all riled up. We recognize it, we can feel it, we can feel it coming on. So what I started doing was calming myself and i would say peace be still peace be still and as i said peace be still then i was calming myself and as a result of me calming myself i was able to speak in a normal tone to my son rather than yelling at him i would calm myself and express how i felt about whatever the behavior was or whatever it was that I was about to yell about. And I found by doing that, he responded better to me. And so we didn't have the yelling matches that often go on in families. I'm talking about instilling greatness in yourself and your children. One of the issues that Yelling also can create studies show that juvenile arthritis can be contributed to yelling. So as you can see, there are a lot of things that, that can occur as a result of a child being in an environment where there's constant yelling. So calm yourself, peace be still. And if you're not able to discuss the issue because you are so angry, because you are so frustrated, then you might want to say to that child, listen, I'm really, really upset. So what I want you to do is go to your room. I want you to think about your behavior. I'm going to think about your behavior and we're going to come back and talk about it more calmly because right now I'm, I'm really having a problem being able to talk to you. And it's okay to say that to your child. 
And it's okay to have, remove yourself so that you're not yelling at the child. One of the other things that can impact on a child's life is when we make a child feel guilty trying to get them to do what we want them to do. That can impact on their self-esteem. That can impact on their self-worth. One of the other things, we oftentimes, people oftentimes will attack when they're upset. Instead of attacking the behavior, a lot of times people start with the name calling and you know saying things that are attacking the person. Learn to address the behavior and not attack the person, whether it's your child or your significant other or even a friend. We don't need to do the name calling to make a point. The point is the behavior. And when we address the behavior, address the behavior with facts and evidence. Let me say that again. Address the behavior with facts and evidence. And that way you're, you're addressing what's going on without attacking the person. My son will tell you, I never called him out of his name. I never called him stupid. I never called him dumb. I never called him anything other than his name. One of the reasons is because I grew up being called stupid, dumb, fat, ugly, even you're nothing, you'll never be anything. Those are not things you want to tell your child. And I don't want any child to ever feel like I felt when I was told those things. That is one of the reasons that I do what I do. I remember being in a school working with some kids and their parents were there as well for this program that I had developed. And I'm telling you, there was a 10 year old little boy. As the parents, the mothers were there doing a special project and this little boy, he said, I can't stand and look at myself in the mirror. That brought tears to my eyes for a 10 year old to tell me I can't stand to look at myself in the mirror. And the mothers that were there, his mother was nowhere around. And the mothers that were there, they just rallied around him. But the other beautiful thing was that these children these were third, fourth, and fifth graders. These children rallied around him and showed him so much love. We don't ever want a child to feel like that. We don't ever want a child to feel like they are less than anybody else. And that is why I'm here today to give you some tools to kind of help you look at how am I addressing my child? Now we're talking about homeschooling and all those things. So which means that you are around your child pretty much for the day. And I'm sure there are times when you do get frustrated. Well, in getting frustrated does not mean that you have to attack the child. You can address the behavior. You can also 
give your child chores and things to do. I raised my son as a single mother after my ex-husband and I left each other. I raised him from the time he was six months up until even now. Well, he's grown now. He's on his own. I have grandchildren now. But because I was working full time and I was also going to school, it was important for me to help give him responsibilities. At the age of four, he was vacuuming. Now, I would walk around and pick up the big stuff, but I would give him that responsibility. He was vacuuming. At the age of nine, he was in the kitchen with me. I remember talking with a parent and a child, and this little boy, nine years old himself, and I asked him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I want to be a chef. So my next question was, well, are you cooking with your mom? And the mom was there, the dad was there as well. And he said, no. And so I, I suggested to the mother, if he wants to be a chef, then let him be in the kitchen with you. Let him cook with you. And even if he makes a mess, it's okay. You're allowing him to at least experiment with what he says he wants to do in his life. So that's the other thing I want to encourage parents. If you see a gift in your child, if you see something special about that child, enhance it, nurture it, do something with it, because that may be the very thing that takes them to the level of greatness. Let me say that again. That may be the very thing that takes them to the level of greatness. My son loves to cook. And as a result of me letting him cook with me when he was nine, by the time he was 13 and 14, I was coming home from work and dinner was done. Yes, dinner was done because he had perfected cooking. He loves to cook. When he was in middle school, he told me he did not like the way I did his laundry because I wasn't turning his pants inside out. And so at that point I said, well, go ahead and do your own laundry. So in middle school, my son started doing his own laundry and I would praise him for it. And it freed me up. I was able to do my laundry he could do his laundry. And so I'm sharing these things with you because these are ways that you can help in, instill greatness in your children and free you up to kind of do some other things that you need to do as well. When my son was in middle school, he sang, I Believe I Could Fly. Now from the time he was a toddler all the way up through middle school, I had an affirmation on my bathroom mirror. That affirmation said, I am talented, I am intelligent, I am creative. I had my son speak those words every day from the time he was able to talk. Every day, I would have him speak those words. So when he did this performance in middle school, I'm telling you, teachers and parents came up to me and you know what they said they said miss thomas your son miles he's so intelligent he's so creative he's so talented and all i could do and miles and i looked at each other because 
He had been speaking that. And I'm saying to you, one way to instill greatness in your children is to affirm them. Have them affirmed. Start from a toddler. You can't, we can't wait until a child is in middle school or high school to try to transform them. It starts at three, four-year-olds. In fact, studies show kids absorb so much more at that age. So start affirming them and start having them affirm themselves. I'm telling you, others will see whatever it is they're affirming and will confirm that affirmation. One of the other things that I want to encourage parents not to do, never compare your, the siblings against each other. Never suggest to one, why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you be more like your brother? When we do that, we devalue that child. So you want to really be careful what we say to our children, because oftentimes those feelings, they linger on. Think about it. Think about as a child yourself, what were, there, what were some things that you just weren't able to shake because it had such an impact on you. So think about that when you're looking at raising your child. One of the other things that's just so important, never be sarcastic when talking with a child. A child doesn't know you're being sarcastic. They take things at face value. So speak truth and let them know truth not sarcasm. That can help devalue a child. And so I'm trying to share with you the kinds of things that can just really elevate a child or deflate a child. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. What we say is what we get. So I want you to speak light to yourself and speak light into your child. Speak life into your spouse. Speak life into your friends. Speak life. Speak life. Yes, you see these words here on my wall. Yes, because I look at them on a consistent basis to help me affirm who I want to be and who I am. And so I've shared with you some tools and some things that you can do that will instill greatness in yourself and instill greatness in your child. One, accept responsibility for your actions and your behaviors, and then teach your children to do the same. Two, don't yell. Instead of yelling, calm yourself. Calm yourself. Yelling does so much damage not only to your child, but think of the physiological aspects of it on yourself. I remember a situation where I had gone into a home and this person, when I as soon as I walked in the door, they were yelling at me. I mean, yelling to the top of their lungs. And this was a person that was not well, was sick, physically sick. And I just, I had brought some things there for them 
So I just left the stuff on the counter and said, I will talk to you later. And I left because I'm not getting into a shouting match when it's not necessary. And remember, it takes two to argue. So if someone's yelling at you, just keep it moving. You know, tell them I'll see you later. Or let's talk about this later instead of having a, a shouting match. And so I left. And a couple of days later, we had a conversation. And I asked, how did that make you feel yelling like that? And they told me they got sick. They were already sick. But the yelling just fueled that sickness. They had to go lay down because they were sick. And that's what yelling did to them. And so just be careful with your tone. And remember, it's not what we say, but how we say it. And I just want to encourage you to be encouraged because your children, they're not trying to push your buttons. They're not trying to make you angry. They're just kids. And the other thing, Throwing back in a child's face what they did yesterday, what they did a week ago, what they did a month ago, what they did a year ago, that doesn't solve the problem. You can't move forward looking back. So each day is a new day. It's a clean slate. So rather than remind a child of the bad behavior that they had in the past, see it as a new day a new beginning, a clean slate. And again, you can't move forward looking back. And how many adults do you know that are constantly talking about what happened yesterday, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? You can't move forward looking back. And if you as a parent is constantly reflecting back on the bad things that happened in the past and your kids are hearing that you're teaching them that you're teaching them that so think about this again you can't move forward looking back and so i want to just encourage you think about it we sometimes we have to look at ourselves a lot of times we have fingers pointing at, at people you, 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 you. No, sometimes it's me, 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 me. What do I need to do to improve myself and to improve me being a parent and to instill greatness in my child? What can I do? What do I need to do? I have an exercise that deals with misconceived behaviors. And those behaviors include the blame game, which I used to do as a young person. And I learned, no, you can't blame other people for your circumstances. You can't blame other people for your situations. We have to look at ourselves. And also, you may say, well, there are some things that are out of our control. That's very true. There are some things that are out of our control. And those things, all we can do, I, the serenity prayer is something that I reflect on. Change the things I can change. Acknowledge the things that I cannot change. 
and know the difference. So if I can't change it, why am I reflecting on it? If I can't change it, why am I wasting time worried about it? Which is another thing. When kids see us worried all the time, worried about this and worried about that, when kids see that, guess what? They become worry words too. Children grow to be what they see. So I had a sign on my refrigerator once that said, why worry when you can pray? Why pray if you're going to worry? So if you, if you are a believer and you truly do trust God, then pray about the situation and leave it alone. Let it go. Let it go. Well, listen, I do hope that I have given you some nuggets that are going to help you instill greatness in yourself as well as instill greatness in your child. My name is Vera Thomas. You can find me on Instagram at vera.thomas.779. vera.thomas.779. I also have a podcast on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. That's on Facebook, The Vera Thomas Show. And it's also on YouTube, The Vera Thomas Show. And it's on a couple other platforms, including Twitch and an additional channel on Facebook and an additional channel on YouTube, DJ Grady Baby Radio. So I hope that you connect with me. And if you are interested in knowing what programs I have coming up, then please follow me on Instagram and I will be posting an event that's going to be coming up soon that's specifically to help instill greatness in yourself and your child. Thank you very much. God bless. Bye-bye. Greetings, homeschoolers. My name is Lotta Love Hawkins, and I am the owner of My Own Lane Consultants, a trucking um, consultancy company. And so I want to introduce you to another way to work from home within the trucking industry to where you don't even have to own a truck. So you can make really good money and really base a career that you can pass on to your family in the trucking industry. And once again, you do not even need to purchase a truck. So if you are interested in being part of this $800 billion industry, stay tuned, grab a notepad. Um, I'm going to give you some information to how to get started today. So a little bit about my company as I share my website right there, myonlaneconsultants.com. Uh, it's actually a collaborative effort of uh, other trucking professionals where we come together to offer advice for new people entering the industry with less than three years of industry experience. This industry is really growing by leaps and bounds, but unfortunately, most people don't stay in it past their first year. Really, a lot of them even have problems getting past their first six months. So it's really critical that we have a lot of these supports. And also, it's an opportunity for you to offer these type of services to this growing um, need. A little bit about myself. I am a licensed insurance broker in 24 states. I am based in Dallas, Texas. I own my agency and I also possess the following licenses, both in PNC, which stands for property and casualty. 
I have a claims adjuster's license as well as a certified risk manager. So I have over 20 years experience in sales. I was a former teacher. I taught special education for middle and high school um, resource readers in a virtual environment. And I've been working from home since 2016. So here's the expectations of our session. This is a working session. So make sure you take, no take notes. Obviously it's being recorded. So this gives you that opportunity to go back into earlier slides, earlier comments and get you know caught up because there's a lot of thinking and consideration on which way you wanna go. And to be honest, a lot of this is going to be a work in progress. You're going to start off one way and then you're going to see who your natural market is and you'll make adjustments as you continue to um, be operational. At the very end, um, I do offer a call summary and recommendations on ways to get started in this industry. So I'll provide the um, contact information and how you can set up some time one on one with me to kind of flesh through any additional questions and then it'll help you get started. So let's get moving on. So our agenda today is we're going to focus on four key areas, identifying the direct as well as indirect roles within the transportation industry. We're going to talk about transferable skills, many of which you already have. Next, we'll talk about different ways to study and become better at um, being a provider in the transportation field. And lastly, but not leastly, we're going to tap in of how you can make money today how you can make money today by, by perfecting your sales pitch. Let's go ahead and get started. So the transportation industry, a good resource, and we call it the Bible of the industry, is the uh, FMCSA website. So you're going to hear those initials, those acronyms very often throughout the presentation and very often in the industry itself. So you got to get used to having those acronyms roll off your tongue. FMCSA, FMCSA, FMCSA. So the website is FMCSA.gov. This is a federal agency of the government that mandates certain rules and restrictions and guidelines to how any truck or motor carrier is the te technical words, but how any motor carrier needs to um, operate on the highways. So once again, we refer to this as the Bible of trucking. And so be very familiar with this website. You'll notice that the website is very intense. Um, so at another training, or you can kind of get back with me later, a lot of times I like to tell people to Google the words, again, you're doing a Boolean search, but you're going to put in Google FMCSA, and then you'll look up a particular area. So if you want to know about equipment, you'll put the words FMCSA and equipment, and that way it'll take you to that particular part of the website, because going through the front of the website and then navigating all the way to specifics can be quite daunting. It's a huge database of both, of um, really all North America. It has um, most of North Americans because there are some Mexican licensees as well as some special considerations for Canada that's all included in that website. So it is primarily uh, U.S. information, but it does cover some other countries in limited capacities. So there's three direct roles. This is like a fundamental 
of the transportation industry. You're going to hear the words transportation, logistics, a little bit of supply chain used very interchangeably. We're going to really try to stick with the vocabulary of transportation today, but you'll also really hear me say trucking because the title of our presentation is how it pertains to trucking. A lot of the roles I'm going to talk about are for domestic trucking. So trucking here in the contingent 48 states. You know, you can't bring a truck out to Hawaii, but there is trucking in Hawaii as well. So the three main roles are that of a shipper, which is the distribution point or warehouse, a freight broker, and then the trucking company referred to as a motor carrier. Really important to get those vocabulary terms, even though you'll hear different words used to describe it. You know, um, trucking is full of special slang, and but you really need to be more familiar with the legal terminology so you can better do your research. So once again, it's the shipper, also known as the warehouse or distribution center, freight broker. I've just abbreviated it on the screen, but it's a freight broker and a motor carrier. Again, abbreviated on the screen, but motor carrier, such as an FMCSA. Now, there are a lot of different indirect roles because just like any industry, you have all these different ways in which to interact. This is just um, some designed or, you know, we just wanted to stick with five, didn't want to overwhelm. So insurance, that's the line in which I'm in. Trucking insurance is really specific, even though um, the license that you get in order to do trucking insurance, which is the PNC license I explained earlier, property and casualty, it allows you to do anything on the commercial level as well as a personal level, but more so commercial. You're able to write homeowners policies. You can help with real estate insurance, you know, for the commercial buildings as well. You have a little bit of uh, workers' compensation if that's an area of specialization, but trucking itself is an area of specialization as well. So I'll be focusing on trucking insurance whenever I mention the word insurance. Factoring. Factoring is a financial tool. A quick way to relate to it is it's, it's a payday loan, but because transportation is really something that has to have a strong cash flow because literally when you drive to one area to the other you're using your most expensive expense which is gas that you'll have to make sure you continue to put in the truck to be able to make money and if you don't have the cash flow coming in in a consistent basis you can find yourself stuck really fast really easy in the trucking industry so factoring is a financial partner that offers advances on the loads, which is the cargo delivery. They will offer the advances for a percentage of that load amount to be um, forwarded to you basically same day, if not next day into your account. So you're getting a payday advance on money that is due to you for making deliveries. Equipment financing. This is another opportunity, huge area too, because equipment, vehicle maintenance, as I mentioned, the FMCSA is a safety organization of the federal government. And the safety looks at equipment or the trucks themselves. So if you have a relationship with a funding organization, um, which there are plenty that look to partner, 
that would really be helpful for your clientele. Driver recruitment. This is the human resource side. So if you really like working with people, trucking companies um, have a high turnover rate, except for the smaller ones of where the owner is actually, you know, part or is the driver. And so, but drivers overall kind of hop around um, a lot. It's just the industry standard. And so keeping good drivers, finding them in the first place, it's a uh, way you can really make some good money while servicing the industry. And lastly, this one's going to be a little different if you're brand new to this, but compliance. As I mentioned, the FMCSA has very specific, it's, it's a book of very specific rules and regulations to which every motor carrier has to follow. In fact, during that first year, like I said, the most crucial year to a new motor carrier, you have what's called a new entrance audit. It is where the government will do an audit of how you first are set up. So it's really important to have someone who has the skills of how to interpret and keep everything in compliance, keeping, you know, in regulations with the rules that are set forth and guiding the trucking company on what needs to be done and what needs not to be done because it's both things included. So if you are really into human resources, if you are into reading policies, going over the forms, doing a consultation, this is an area that you can be involved in as well. So let's talk about these three main dis, uh, three main indirect roles, because the first ones you're going to find really talked about over Google. They're very easy to get more information on because they're the traditional. These next ones are a little more difficult as it relates to transportation to find assistance on because there's different ways they can be connected to the transportation industry. So we're gonna talk about a dispatcher, again, that compliance piece, which is also referred to among smaller carriers as back office, you know, offering administration um, services on the backside, and then bookkeeping, which any type of financial help in organize, um, organizing things is really important because there's a lot of paper that happens in this industry. So that actually leads right into this slide. What are some of the transferable skills that you have right now? As a homeschooling parent, most likely you've had to become organized. It's an essential because there's due dates, there's things that need to be taught in sequence, and so you most likely already have the gift of administration in your organization. Next, you'll need to actually become more knowledgeable, but that comes with time. But that would be, we're gonna talk about a study plan, but you need to be knowledgeable in a particular area. Don't feel like you have to learn all about trucking in order to be part of trucking. That is something that really makes a lot of people take more time to get into it than needed. You'll eventually learn the other areas, but if you can focus on the fundamentals and then find an area, a niche that you can focus on and target in, and we'll talk a little bit more about some niches, that's where you're gonna find your success. So don't be overwhelmed once you start going to the 
FMCSA website when you first start talking to others who have made have tried to get into trucking and not been successful. There is a lot of information. It's continually changing. And so you will gain the knowledge and skill sets with time. But interpersonal skills, and this kind of keys into sales. Yes, you know, you want to have um, your skills gearing towards how to keep revenue going. As I mentioned earlier, trucking is a very fast paced and cash flow dependent industry. If you run out of gas, there's really not too many other options. So you have to have the money continually flowing into the business or you know, investors or other ways to get this um, the gas at fundamental in order to keep going. So if you are able to communicate really well, you listen to um, the needs of of your clients, of other people, of your student, you already have interpersonal skills that will be transferable to the industry. So here's where you get a chance to write, think, and uh, process. So what are your top three skills? Those are just a few of the interpersonal skills, but what else can you bring to the table? Are you really good with formulas? Are you really good with um, I mean, do you have a interest or background that's very related to transportation? Have you worked in a warehouse before? Write down your top three skills. You know, commit it to paper. Give yourself credit for what you've already earned. We're going to talk about next of your story. Why is this a good fit? And we'll be talking very soon about your pitch and in infusing your story because everyone has a story. It's going to be very vital of setting yourself apart, which is crucial in this industry that many can feel is oversaturated. So what is your story? How would trucking or transportation working from home? It could be it could be a very wide story, but the more interesting you can make it the more memorable it becomes and you're going to be able to have deeper connections to your future clientele. And then it's also really important, which I think this is something that homeschoolers have down packed, but it's critical thinking. How do you continue to research in various areas if it's not just provided for you? If the curriculum is not laid out, how can you enrich your own learning path? So we're going to talk a little bit more about those things, too. So we've moved on now to our study paths. How do you become more educated, more knowledgeable in this field? As I mentioned a moment ago, this industry is consistently changing. That's really the one thing it always does. There is a new regulation. There is a new mandate that comes in. They give um, you know, the, the world. Um, a few years to get acclimated, but then there's a solid deadline that still many people, especially people newer to the industry, struggle with because it's it's put in front of them and they didn't have that ramp up time to better prepare of how to meet that mandate. An example of that is when they adopted the ELD, which stands for Electronic Log Device Mandate, two years ago. Um, many people were taking personal logs, paper logs, to where they had to log in their time. And as you can imagine, 
uh, it wasn't very accurate and there was really no sense of accountability because if you're taking a piece of paper and saying that you did something at a certain time, we just have to take your word on it that you wrote it down at a certain time that you kept good record keeping. So the government said there was too much lax in that because the regulation tied into it is called hours of service um, to make sure their drivers are not on the road suffering fatigue and, you know, they they're not in full capacity um, for their attention span. You can only be on the road for a max of 14 hours of a 24 hour period. So this stuff is very well documented because you have to make sure, you know, that's um, consistent for the safety of everyone on the road. So they adopted the mandate to make it an electronic. You have to have a device now installed in the truck that reports when you're driving and when you're not driving, when you're on duty, when you're off duty, and even in a lot for certain times for you to be like in waiting because that's part of the industry too. So hours of service, relative, relatively new, but it's always been around because it was always a requirement, but technology has now stepped in and shown, you know, the true where we really are as an industry that, you know, there are many people that were kind of fudging the books, but now here's an electronic device to keep everyone in order. So other ways to um, research the topic, again, with good old fashioned Google and just going down that rabbit hole, if you type in the word trucking, You'll probably get up a lot of equipment. So better search terms would be supply chain, logistics, transportation. Those terms will kind of lead you to more education, um, education websites, as well as material to better learn about the industry than trucking would, because trucking is going to talk about more so um, equipment and the act of operating a truck. Uh, also, just stay abreast of current events. A huge event right now that's affecting the supply chain is there's a backup from the ports, mainly um, Los Angeles and Long Beach, where you have items sitting in containers on ships that's been there for almost six months. Now, these are items that are coming from China. And so if you order something, which a lot of things are made from China, as we know, if you've ordered something from overseas and you still have not received it, it's because it's sitting in a container box right on the coast of Long Beach, California. So that is some current events that impact the industry. And it's really just good to learn about those so you can jump into a conversation and sound educated right off the bat. You may have just saw it on CNN read an article, you know, on the New York Times about it, but now you're able to participate in really gritty conversation as if you've been in this industry for years. So make sure you're staying abreast of current events. Um, so we'll look at more options here of your study path. So this is our final section. If I've gone a little quickly, this is a recorded video, go back and revisit any particular section that benefits you. Make sure you're taking your own notes so you can develop this process as we go. This part here is really going to make it where if you master this last piece, you can actually start collecting, start making 
money today. So let's go ahead and focus. As I mentioned earlier, I asked for you to tell your story, tell your journey of how you came to look at the uh, trucking or transportation industry as a viable way to do business. Um, I've heard many stories of being laid off due to COVID, of just being tired of being on the road because the drivers, it's a very physically demanding job. So the better you can tell a story, an authentic story, don't be worried if people aren't going to gravitate towards you because you'll be surprised to know that um, even though I think stereotypically people think of truckers as being rough and tough and such, they're very dedicated people that oftentimes have family that they have to be away from because of this line of work. And so they're very sensitive to things to best support their family at home. So if you have a story of sacrifice, uh, I hear a lot of military people transition from the military and go into trucking and do really well. These are the type of stories that resonates with your drivers, potential clients of um, logistics. So your pitch is how you are going to uh, solve a problem. And just like any other industry, there's really two main problems that most entrepreneurs have is how to find the time to do something and how to save or make money. And I know I kind of combined that so you can make it three. So it's again, time and money. That's why I call it two. But that last one was time and how to save or make money. Every entrepreneur, that is your basic problem or challenge because where you can make a certain amount of money and it be considered great money, how can you grow from there? That's when you have to start leveraging automations and networks in order to um, leverage time. But how to save or make money is once again something you can do by delegating or cutting off particular activities that your company has. So how do you help save time and money for people in the industry. And then this last one, I kind of hinted about leverage, but it is essential in the transportation industry to form partnerships. Everyone does just a little bit. Everyone does just a little bit. And that's why I was saying earlier, don't be overwhelmed with trying to learn it all. Your goal is to find partners in which they are the experts. They're your resource that you will tap into in order to get to those next steps. So developing a sales pitch. So three things to remember in your sales pitch is that you are telling your authentic story as well as you're connecting or making a bridge to help solve a problem. And then you're involving partners that can help you in that process. So let's talk again about the lead magnet or your story. Your story by default is going to be very enticing because it's so individualized. You know, your journey, even if it sounds like something made for the movies, it's going to be about you. And only you can tell it in the way that really expresses the, the depth of the story. So feel free to go in, get vulnerable, emotional with telling your story, but also have a short version of your story available, too such as homeschooling parents, um, looking for working at home opportunities, 
this is the way that we're building legacy and we want to help build yours. Yeah. You know, very kind of simplified. And then as you get an opportunity to meet more and learn more about your client, which is the next step of the process, we'll talk about here in a moment, then you'll um, then you'll kind of elaborate a little more and more on the story. But have that story in your bag because you're going to have to take it out at a, at a drop's notice. Bridging the gap. There's really only two types of problems that any entrepreneur faces. That's of time and money. How do I make more time or how do I leverage my time? And then secondly, how do I make more money or save the money I'm making? Those are fundamentally the two problems. So think about how you can structure your business to solve one of the two. It's one of the two or both is you know optimal, but one of the two would be sufficient. And lastly, as I mentioned, and this really touches on solving the time problem, is leveraging relationships. That's where your partners come in and they become part of your funnel. You want to develop a process to where you're talking to your client, you're truly finding out their need, and then you connect them, if not to yourself, because you are one of your own providers, you connect them to how to get that problem solved. The bookkeeping services, the um, equipment maintenance person, just whatever that problem is, you are now connecting them to the resource. So let's go into that a little deeper. And if you look at the very bottom, I want you to have this as your main takeaway. Free is a four letter word. You don't want to ever use the word free because free has that connotation of there is no value a zero value and everything you do is to build value. So that is a more uh, concise and stronger vocabulary to use when you're talking about it. You don't wanna use discount dialect as I've learned um, from Quinn Conyers. And so I wanna give her credit for that, that term discount dialect. You don't wanna be talking lowly about yourself when you're trying to gain clientele. So your lead magnet is your statement, is your brands. You're going to have a concise way of saying who you are and the audience you serve. Your message is once you finish saying who it is real quickly, if they're responsive, because your message should be something that entices their ears. And, you know, we do a session where we actually go through different messaging campaign or uh, branding campaigns and just, you know, talk about keywords, you know, things that really resonate with your potential client. Your message is the explanation of how do you do those services. And then lastly, you have your partnership network, also known as your affiliate network. Um, affiliate marketing is not the same as MLM. So before people get kind of intimidated by that, discouraged by that, it is not the same. It is basically a partnership where you are referring business to a particular company and in that referral, they give you compensation. Sometimes compensation is a dollar per transaction. Sometimes it's a percentage of how much, you know, the sale may have gone for. But really, we want to strive for a ongoing relationship with this affiliate um, sponsor to where I'm referring you for vehicle maintenance and you refer me for other needs that I take care of. So that is the, the 
ultimate of how to build the relationship, but making a few dollars, you know, back and forth in transactions adds up very quickly as well. So most importantly, remember, do not use the word free. You're going to be tempted to use the word free, but do not use it because it makes it really difficult to then later apply a value to what it is you're doing. And even if it's a giveaway, you want to say it's an introductory offer. Don't use the word free. So let's look over our checklist. Did we accomplish talking about each one of these areas? Did we talk about the direct and indirect roles in transportation? Did we talk about transferable skills that you can bring to the table? Did we talk about ways to further research more about logistics, transportation, the supply chain field? And lastly, did we tell you how, in brief, albeit, but did we give you some um, samples of how to create a sales pitch? If so, you're ready. You're probably a little still intimidated. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, I've listed my contact information here. I am open for questions. The best way to find out about little classes and trainings that I offer is via my link tree. So check that out at Linktree backslash lot of love. Um, I have a pretty large Facebook community called the Minority Women in Logistics. It is um, an environment where you can ask questions of our 20,000 members. Um, you know, everyone bonds and gives you information according to their experience. So this is a way to crowdsource a lot of, you know, your research and what people are finding and running across in the industry, in the various parts of the industry. So I welcome you to join the free community. Um, because I'm on Facebook so often and adminning that group, as well as just you know being on there in general, my Facebook messenger, I'm under my real name, Lotta Love Hawkins, is really one of the more effective ways to reach me. Just you know DM me, uh, tell me you wanna set up a time and we'll start a conversation from there. I'm also on Instagram, albeit not, you know, really steady, but you can find my additional information under a lot of yeah. trucking yeah. and I'm becoming more prominent on Clubhouse. So it's under LRMC trucking, which is our affiliate um, insurance agency, uh, or you can text uh, me. I'm totally open to text. My, my phone is my business tool. Um, I ask for text because at any given moment, I'm constantly doing presentations. I'm on the phone, so it's really hard to pinpoint a time unless we schedule in advance. So if you have an initial question, it's best to text it. Then if it's requiring more of an in-depth, you know, sit down, let's talk. I do 30 minute free consultations. So feel free to reach out to me. Thank you so much for this opportunity to present to our homeschool community. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm so glad to be joining you for the second annual Homeschooling with Excellence Conference. My name is Carol Davies, and I am the CEO and founder of College Bound Determination. 
where we guide parents to strengthen their child to have a strategic advantage in college and life. And so over the course of my career, I've had many an opportunity to um, work with students who were homeschooled. Um, and most recently, um, not at my choice, <laughs> was able to homeschool my daughter for virtual kindergarten um, and my preschooler as well. And um, there are some lessons that I learned and I'm hoping to be able to share some of that with you today during this presentation where I'll be talking about strengths-based homeschooling. So a little bit about me. Um, I have a career that spanned over 20 years working at various institutions across the country. Um, had a lot of jobs. Uh, in various roles, such as admissions and fraternity and sorority life, um, multicultural affairs, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, leadership, so many um, areas within an institution to help support students outside the classroom um, and help them achieve their goals. Um, but the most important job I've ever had is that of being mom to my two sweet girls. Um, and they have taught me so much um, about life. Um, and my former students taught me so much about the life that I want my girls to have. And uh, one of the things that I focus on quite a bit is having a strengths-based um, parenting process. And when I was homeschooling, incorporating that process into um, their education. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what um, a strengths-based education looks like, okay? So what it is, is having an intentional focus on what the student does well, what their innate gifts are, both from the student standpoint and from the educator standpoint. Um, it's also really focused on what is going to help that child, that child, not any other child, the one that you're working with, helping them to thrive because we are all individuals and we need to have an individual approach to helping our students learn and engage. And in taking that, we want to make sure that they're in the right learning environment. And so, so many of you have decided that the right learning environment for your child is homeschooling. And so that is an excellent choice for you. Um, and at the base, at the core of strengths-based education is that it's student-centered with the primary goal of transforming students into competent, determined, lifelong learners who lead purpose-driven lives. And so some of the benefits of having a strengths-based approach in your homeschooling is that it will increase their engagement. So when you think about what it is that makes them thrive as the individual student, um, it increases their well-being, um, it fosters a greater sense of academic achievement, and it creates an exceptional learning environment. So basically what you want to do is think about what it is that this student is doing well and what they enjoy doing and take it into consideration how they learn so that, that you can help them reach their, um, their goals. The primary thing to focus on and to think about when you're homeschooling your child that would have such an amazing um, benefit for them is to focus on what's strong and not what's wrong. Now, what do I mean by that? So let's say I were to bring home um, 
a report card. And I have a series of grades on my report card. Uh, mix of A's, a lot of A's, um, some B's, and a sprinkle of C's and D's, right? What grades are you going to be looking at? What grades are you going to be focusing on? What grades are you going to question your child about? Now, if we're being honest, um, most parents <laughs> will say, what is up with that D on your report card? What is up with that? Instead of focusing on, whoa, wow, you have A's in this particular area. Let's explore that. What is it about that class? What is it about the curriculum? What is it about the teaching that really um, resonates with you in such that you earned better grades in those classes as opposed to the other classes? Now, I know it's not an easy philosophy to have. Most of most parents, they um, really want their child to have academic excellence. And my parents were the same for me. Um, they told me the only C, B, and D that they wanted to see in my report card was the letters in my initials for my name, Carol Ben Davies. And so, um, but that's the wrong philosophy. It's really the wrong philosophy to have. It's what is, is focusing on what's right um, and not fixating on what's wrong. And that's gonna yield much greater success for your student. So as you're trying to find out what are some of those strengths that your child has, there's some clues to the talent that you might witness. And you might, just, you might not be thinking too much about it, but there's so much there that can help you be a better educator when you know this for yourself and help your, help your child be a better student. And so some things that you want to look at to see uh, at how you can hone in on the strengths-based um, practice and philosophy is what are the activities that you and your child might be naturally drawn to? That's what we call yearning. And this is coming from um, Gallup and their work with um, an extensive research around um, strengths and Clifton strengths in particular, which is an assessment that individuals can take to learn about what their actual strengths are. And there's an assessment for um, 10 to 14 year olds called Strengths Explorer that helps them to see what their top strengths are as well. And so you're able to look at what are these activities that uh, indicate an, a talent, something that they naturally think, feel and behave, right? And so rapid learning, what are those activities that you seem and they seem to pick up really quickly? You're doing something with them. You're teaching them an assignment, um, going over curriculum. And in some subjects, they pick it up really quickly and can go with it. And then there's some areas where it might not be as, um, they may not be as engaged. Explore those areas where there's more of the rapid learning. Um, what are some of those activities where the time seems to fly by? You lose track of time. Um, they call it timelessness and flow. So what? look at those activities where you have a time set of, this is how long we're gonna be doing this particular activity, but when they're doing it, they don't want the time to stop. They would rather keep going. Look at those activities, take note of what those are. Cause that will give you again, again a great um, opportunity to get some clues about what are some of the strengths that your child and you have as well. And glimpses of excellence. 
think about those activities that you have when you think, how did I do that? How did I do that? <laughs> how did they do that? Have you ever seen that in your child? Have you ever noticed that in yourself? A lot of times our strengths are things that we discount because it comes so each easily and naturally to us. So I want you to think about what are those things that those activities that you're doing that can give you a glimpse of what that excellence um, looks like. And some activities that you find great satisfaction in. Um, when you uh, or they are doing it, um, they are thinking, when can I do that again? So these are some clues that can help you to see where you might be able to hone in on having a strengths-based approach to your homeschooling for your child. There's such great opportunity and benefit to focusing again on what is right. Now, do we ignore the weaknesses? No. That's, that's some people um, say that those individuals who want to focus on their um, strengths and not look at their weaknesses are a bit naive. It's not that you want to focus um, more on your strengths and ignore your weaknesses. Acknowledge the weaknesses. Absolutely acknowledge them. But you'll have much more success if you, if you were to hone in on those activities, those experiences where you are doing um, something that you're enjoying because it will come easier to you. If you ever try to do something and you just have great resistance to it, you don't enjoy it, you don't like it, you don't want to continue doing it, right? But those activities or those experiences that you enjoy thoroughly, you want to keep doing that. And when it comes to educating our students and we want them to be lifelong learners, we have to tap into that because it's very easy for them to get disengaged and to just dismiss what we're trying to do, which is to educate them and to set them up for success in, in life, right? So we want to do as much as we can to find and hone in on those um, strengths that they have so that they can achieve and you can achieve your goals too. So there is um, an article, and I will tell you in a little bit where you can get the full extent of this article to look into um, some of the principles of strengths-based education and how you can use this as a parent who is homeschooling your child. And one of the first steps is to assess the strengths of the student as well as the educator. Now, what does that look like? It looks like you taking an assessment. Um, the one I would recommend is the Gallup Clifton Strengths Assessment, as I mentioned, and the um, Gallup Explorer, Strengths Explorer for younger kids, um, to, again, 10 to 14. What this allows you to do is get an exact um, understanding of what is it you do well and to be able to use that, invest your time and energy into taking that natural talent and turn it into a strength, right? Um, and for this particular assessment, the chances of someone having the same um, strengths as you, same top five, and they're 34, is one in 34 million. It's such a unique assessment, and I thoroughly enjoy um, helping students and adults learn how to leverage the strengths that they have. Another um, principle is to provide individualized learning experiences based on those strengths. 
So what are those things that your child does that you can tap into that might be different from another child that you're educating, right? So I know for my daughter, she is really um, talented when it comes to uh, competition. She can take a, a, an activity and um, if you want to turn it into a competition, she is all there. And so we used that when we were educating her to say, hey, why don't we race and do this? Um, and she was all on board when we're doing that particular uh, activity. Um, the other is establishing a network that affirms the best in the student and you as the educator. So just having a community of individuals who know what those strengths are that your child has and are um, uplifting that into your child and saying, wow, I noticed when you did X, Y, and Z. Oh, I see here that you were just thriving in this particular area. We really feed off of praise and compliments. That really can help drive and motivate our students. And so when we're doing more of that, as opposed to focusing on what they're not doing well, criticizing any weakness, you will find much more um, potential for growth and development and excellence um, when you focus on what they're doing well. Um, being a deliberate in applying the strengths inside and outside the classroom. So that is very important to just have it be part of your everyday life, right? And then intentionally investing. And investing is um, part of the formula for, for strengths and investment is um, taking your time, your skills and knowledge and um, timesing that to your talent so that it can become an, uh, a strength and you can develop that as a strength, okay? So what I wanna just leave is there is a way for you to find out exactly what your strengths are. Um, Don Clifton developed this, this assessment tool studying thousands of individuals um, and trying to understand what is it that makes those successful people successful. And he st started out with this study um, asking this question, what will happen when we think about what is right with people rather than fixating on what's wrong with them? And I just wanna leave you with that and encourage you that as you're working with your child to tap into their strengths, to tap into what is it that they love and enjoy and just, they just light up as you're teaching them the various assignments and the various topics that you're going through with them. Focus in on what they um, are doing right about those and you will yield so much success. And so I wanna encourage you to stay in touch with me. Um, you can find me on my website at www.carolbendavies.com. You can text me, um, my number is 919-849-8819. And if you follow me on Instagram in the bio link, um, there's a link in my bio and I have um, links to the article that talks more extensively about um, having a strengths-based educational model. And I wanna encourage you to look at that. We can have much more conversation. I wish I had much more time, um, but I'm really hoping that you thoroughly enjoy this conference and you're getting a lot out of um, learning more about how to help your child thrive. And so with that, thank you and um, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the conference.
There is a better way to get you and your company in the hands of potential clients 27. This is IntelliCard, today's digital business card. It is the ultimate sales branding and marketing tool. With IntelliCard, all of your information is in one place, making it easier to share and recall. IntelliCard is different. You get all of this in a highly secure web-based solution designed to get your results. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur and you're looking for a way to share your mission, your purpose, your products and services literally with the world faster, safer, and easier, making your brand accessible to millions from the comfort of your home, well, I want to encourage you to join our Learn How to Start a Podcast and Monetize It class. Why? Is because this was designed for entrepreneurs like yourself as a platform to provide you with the knowledge in order to not only start a podcast, but successfully launch it. And then the third key, which is helping you to understand how you can monetize your podcast as you are impacting the world with good. You can also build multiple streams of income from this one podcast and share your story, mission, and purpose literally with the world. So on today, I want you to go ahead and click CoachTinaRamsey.com to join our podcast class today. Hi, everyone. My name is Professor Felicia Golden Grimes, and so I am here with you today to give you some very good tips and strategies to be better prepared to to transition your homeschooler into the college environment. So um, I am so just elated to be with you today because I do have so many years of experience. Guess what? I've been in the field of education for like almost 30 years. Can you believe it? So I've had the very beautiful pleasure of teaching several homeschoolers within my face-to-face classes and online. And so I've had just some tremendous, beautiful experiences teaching homeschooler students. Um, They are extremely prepared in so many ways. And so I'm just so glad I've had opportunities just to come and visit with you today and just share my knowledge and my understanding. Also give you some great options moving forward, some kind of food for thought to think about. You may have a homeschooler that's going to be uh, college age soon and to give you some great advice on how you want to move forward with your homeschooler. Okay, so we want to start with uh, just a brief understanding of what homeschooling is, because we may have a few people here today that never really experienced what homeschooling is about. And so homeschooling is a practice of educating a child at home without enrolling him or her in a formal like public school, private school or charter school setting. And so it really speaks to the opportunities to individualize the educational environment, customize it per like the, the your child. And also many parents, they explore all type of real life type scenarios where they can go and travel, see the world. So it's more of a hands-on experiential type of learning environment. And so everybody has a different type of way which they homeschool. And so this is this opportunity for people to kind of think about how homeschooling can be 
you know, a wonderful and great, especially with COVID, people had started, you know, working with their children remotely. And it was a challenge. So homeschooling is a really beautiful option for those people that can manage it within their time frame and can be able to really work with their child one-on-one because I think it's it creates a very uh, unique bond with your child as well because you're working with them one-on-one. You're, you're giving them that that um, direct instruction that they need. And so it's unlike um, public school where you have, you know, more students around and you can't get that more customized and one-on-one experience. So um, I just think that it, it provides a different type of learning environment to meet the needs of so many people. Okay, so we want to look at some data and so the number and percentage of homeschool students between ages of five through 17, I am pretty sure it has skyrocketed because of COVID. The COVID-19 pandemic saw over 300 million students all over the world become, guess what, homeschooled. And so three to 4% of the homeschool um, age population um, has increased because of COVID and just everybody's having to do the remote learning and it was just some major challenges. And so um, about 9 million Americans went through the process of homeschooling. So um, really, and that was statistics from February 2020. And just kind of think about, you know, when COVID hit, so many people were scrambling, trying to figure out like, how does this work? But guess what? The homeschooler parents that have already, that was already there, guess what? You were experts and you were able to help people, guide people and give them the different support and tools and resources they needed in order to move forward to better support the regular school population of parents that were just overwhelmed and exhausted and just didn't know what to do. I think it provided the opportunity to appreciate you even more so for what you do every single day. Now, can a homeschooler go to college? Guess what? Yes. And so you want to be kind of thinking about that now because life will pass you by and you will blink and your kids will be like college age. And you go, well, what happened here? Where did all the time go? And so you want to start prepping early to kind of think about, you know, what your child is has an interest in and start peeking at interest kind of early because I know like in public school, they start talking about, um dual credit going to college like in the seventh and eighth grade they're already introducing the concept of college in middle school so just kind of keep that in mind okay so the future is very very bright homeschoolers often gain higher sat scores and and gpas they earn more college credit there's 67% of the homeschool students successfully graduate from college. And just speaking from someone that taught homeschoolers, I really believe that the homeschoolers are even more prepared. And sometimes they can be like overly prepared because they're eager learners. They're at a different level in terms of how they perceive education and how they are, um, the, the, just the whole learning environment. They take it so much more seriously in my opinion. Um, I had a lot of great conversations 
um, during my office time with my homeschooling students. So I kind of understood them a little bit better. And they were just driven. They were just driven to learn more and wanted to learn more. They were eager for like more work. You know, go like, you want more work? Because it's college, one more? Okay, fine. So, but it, it's just an amazing dynamic because they always wanted to keep elevating themselves. So that was a little bit different. And so homeschoolers have a distinct advantage because of their individualized instruction that they've received through the years. And so combine that with the different experiences, real life experiences, that their exposure is just really, really large. And so homeschoolers normally, in terms of standardized tests, they perform more from 15 to 30% higher than traditional students um, on their SAT and ACT scores. So homeschooling students earn um, more college credits. In some cases, maybe um, 14 to 15 hours more um, than um, a freshman, um, because sometimes, you know, the homeschoolers really have, they're really regimented in terms of studying, learning. Um, and so they, they come with a whole different uh, mindset. That also shows that homeschoolers manifest significant high graduation um, in comparison to uh, traditional students. So homeschoolers pretty much get done with the curriculum, graduate high school, and ready to move on to the next great adventure of their lives. So um, there are barriers in the transition process. So I really want to spend some time to examine what this is all about. Um, I'm familiar with institutional school environment. Homeschoolers sometimes do struggle because it's a little bit overwhelming. They're used to the one on hands on with their parents and they may be limited just to a small group of people that they've interacted with. So that's a, that's a barrier. Difficulty adjusting to social relationships. I've observed this like in my class because in some cases they, they've only been around like their family members. And so working and interacting in group settings sometimes is a bit uncomfortable. But if you get them in a very small group and build it up, then they just shine. So it's just kind of like just with any other person. It takes a little time to kind of warm up a little bit. Um, lack of standard requirements and documentation to be eligible for admission. Sometimes some institutions may give you more of a challenge with whatever documentation that's needed to enroll. Um, and in some, time, in some cases, um, because they can't verify maybe uh, your current GPA or something like that, it may interfere with financial aid. But here's another little tip. Every institution has their own internal financial aid in terms of scholarships. There is so much money that's sitting sometimes on the table and people just don't apply for those dollars. So that's one tip that you may want to take advantage of. Every institution has internal um, scholarships, so you want to apply. Um, let me move on to unfamiliar with institutional school environment. College environment is far different from what you're accustomed to. Um, it could be secluded. You may be in a rural area. Um, you may not be familiar with uh, being with large crowds of people that may make, you know, your homeschooler uncomfortable. So you kind of have to like think about um, what's gonna work best for your homeschoolers um, personality and how they're comfortable or they're comfortable around large uh, groups of people. Because um, you know, once you get enrolled as a homeschooler, you're considered an adult. 
on that college campus. A lot of people don't realize that. So you want to be selective about the school environment as well. The sudden change of environment from studying um, with a secluded or private type of family environment to a large, open, crowded, unfamiliar college um, institution sometimes does impact the homeschooling. And so they need time to adjust to this new, brand new environment. And also some higher education environments may require personal uh, advocating. And that's really key. When you go to college, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to learn to advocate for yourself. I used to advocate for my students, but then I would show them how to do it. Because at some point, they, they have to realize they're an adult and they have to go and speak up and they have to be a little bit more assertive to, you know, get the different um, answers to their questions and things resolved. And so they have to learn to be assertive and get the assistance that they need. And that's an important phase of being an adult. So that will help them grow up in so many ways and so many facets if they learn to kind of adjust and they will mature along the way. Now, difficulty to adjusting to social relationships. Homeschool students may take a little bit longer than traditional students um, that are educated um, because of the fact that they, they may have a social disconnect with people. But maybe not. It just all depends on how, you know, how large their homeschooling environment was. And, you know, what I'm learning is in some cases, it's about equal because students come to class and they want to be on their cell phones and they don't want to interact with people. So, you know, that's that's a whole nother thing is trying to uh, break that technology barrier. Um, so then you kind of um, get students more engaged in the environment and interacting with each other. And sharing ideas, because sometimes, you know, when students have the opportunity to group together, to collaborate together, they bring about some of the most interesting concepts or, or thought processes that you didn't even think about because you, you allow them to just move away, group together, get their thoughts together. And, and then you can see different leaders kind of grow and manifest when um, you allow them to be exposed um, to different things. And sometimes it's also randomly having them in different groups where they will have opportunities to meet other people because sometimes homeschoolers, they do want to meet other people. They just don't know how to do it. And so um, creating circumstances and situations that allow them to be more social. Um, extracurricular activities is another fantastic way. You want to think about what type of um, opportunities are available at the institution. Um, they have all kinds of events and activities. They even have like teams for gaming, soccer, sports, um, pool, just whatever you think of, they have some type of club. So get them involved in some type of activity that will help them grow and shine. Lack of standard admission requirements. Now, some states have different requirements. So you've got to find out the institution that you're thinking about you want your child to start at and maybe eventually transfer to. You want to know like what the requirements, the policies for admission. The homeschool students are not the same across the regions um, in each U.S. state. It's all different. So you really got to just really find out and start finding that information out early. Um, connect with the people that work on campus, the um, career coaches, they may call them academic advisors. Everybody calls them something a little bit different. But um, 
every homeschooler has the has the right to take classes. So you want to really in, investigate that. Even if you know they're they're underage, they're you know 15, 14, 15 years old, you got to find out what the minimum age requirement is. And even, you know, you may have a homeschooler that's like on genius, genius level and they're like maybe 12. But guess what? You have to just go find out what the options are, and they may have to be interviewed by a dean because they are at a very lower age level for the requirement. But um, there are people that are in college at age 13, 12, 13, 14. So that's not anything unusual. You just have to find out what, um, how that could be addressed. A lack of standard requirements and documentation um, to be eligible for admission, although some leading colleges have relaxed their requirements from homeschoolers, you want to definitely know what's required in your region, your county, your state, and things of that nature. That's going to be crucial that you really know and understand that. Now, uh, inability to compete for financial aid and opportunities, you know, you want to really find out how um, the FAFSA, which is um, a combination of grant and student loans, how that can uh, impact. You know, some people don't want student loans. You don't have to apply for it. You can just apply for the grant money. So you want to be thinking about um, that early and um, see what options um, that exist for you, because sometimes there may be some more opportunities that you didn't know anything about, and it wouldn't hurt that you, you know, you would find out about the financial aid department and things of that nature. Um, will you be able to go to school? Will your homeschooler be able to go to school within your state uh, for free, or did you have to pay their tuition? That's something you want to investigate, because every state has a different stipulation on that. Okay, you must embrace the change to ease the pain of transitioning. So um, I used to have my students go and do um, scavenger hunts. And so that would give them an opportunity to learn the campus. Because, you know, just think about like when you went to school or you start a new job and, you know, you're a little like uncomfortable because you don't know where stuff is. And so guess what? They have the same fear. And so they have to be able to embrace this environment. And once they embrace the environment, they will have the opportunity to adjust at their own rate, at their own pace. And so learning the campus is key, knowing where the student activities place is, where's the tutoring lab, where's the writing center, where's the computer labs. The reason why I'm saying all this, because when you become a homeschooler, becomes the college student, it doesn't matter if they're underage, I mean, under 18, they're still considered an adult on the college campus, and they still have access to everything else that every, any other student has. So they get a student ID. Um, they can join organizations. They can get involved with campus life. And so they have opportunity to, to interact with their professors and classmates. So there's no different. There's no distinction because this person is um, a homeschooler, maybe they may be doing dual credit classes. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but um, they have the same, you know, rights and responsibilities as any other student, and they still also have to follow the student code of conduct as well. So you want to also think about ways that um, people can establish relationships. So you establish relationships with, you know, some people still live in dorms, some people still live in, um, Mm, apartments. So, um, but 
I want you to think about like when you have a homeschooler, eventually they will transition into full time being on a college campus. So that's just an FYI. Um, they have the ability to connect with fellow students, explore different ideas and interests. That's why I was saying like sometimes group work and assignments help facilitate those conversations. Um, they also get to connect with other homeschoolers. They get to join organizations, reach out to your professors, as I mentioned before, because that's going to be crucial because sometimes when you're in these classrooms and you could be in a small classroom setting, depends if you go to community college, or if you go to a university for home for dual credit for homeschooling, uh, it could be a large group of people there. So you also have to be prepared if they're going to be like 25 people in the class or 30 people, 50 people or a couple hundred people in the class. So you also want to take advantage of their counseling services and their transfer services departments there. They're all kind of like departments within these colleges. Then when you, once you become a college student, guess what? You have the opportunity to take advantage of everything. So you need to plan ahead tips to, to ease the transition to college. If you're interested in moving into higher education, have an academic plan covering all the requirements for college and in terms of the number of college credits um, that you will earn. Be sure to prepare for a handful of assessments like the PSAT, um, the ACT, and prepare uh, for your college search because you want to make sure you're connected with the right institution. The importance of AP classes and college dual credit Um it's very, very important that you think about this now uh, and explore your options and go to a college campus to see uh, when the deadlines are, when you have to have your paperwork, what's the earliest that um, a person that's uh, in, in a homeschool environment, um, how soon that they can actually apply to enroll. And because this is really, really important because some people, they just miss out on these opportunities because of that. And you also want to think about, um, before I forget, um, not just um, having an opportunity to take in a few like classes for um, college credit. You may also um, take advantage of any certifications or an associate's uh, degree. So that's just something to consider as you move forward. Okay, policies and requirements for dual credit. Um, sometimes they allow the students to earn a secondary or post-secondary credit before graduating high school. So, you know, you can get a, you can be working on your homeschooling um, high school requirements while you're working on your associate's degree. So that will vary from state to state. So you want to check with your local um, uh, area to see what your opportunities, uh, what opportunities are available. Also, um, you want to think about that, for example, I taught several students that were online, and you want to also think about is the online environment doable for your homeschooler, because it's not doable for everybody. It's not comfortable for everyone. So it, I would say start with one class and see how it goes, but I really had tremendous, I was very impressed with my homeschoolers. Um, online work. Um, they just, they, they had everything in advance. They were just organized. And so um, I was really, really happy with that. Choose the right college or institution. So you want to do some, um, some due diligence and do some research and start perhaps doing some little uh, field trips to see what's going to work for you. If the community college would be a better fit versus a four-year college or or maybe a large university or a small university. So um, 
you know, I think it's going to be important that you investigate that um, if you're looking at doing dual credit or if you're also looking at just going from homeschooling, graduating into uh, higher education. So you want to be kind of researching what your options are going to be. And so um, there are going to be some pros and cons for being in a larger institution versus a smaller one. And so you have to really think about what's going to be the most comfortable situation. And as you're, you're kind of um, focusing in on that, you want to think about the affordability, flexible schedule, small class size. And then also you want to think about um, transfer credit. So if, if you decide that you're going to transfer somewhere else, you want to think about like, okay, are these classes going to transfer? So you want to ask them like, are these classes on the core curriculum? Are these transferable? You want to be very, very clear moving forward what classes are transferable before you invest that time. And if your state or your institution requires you to pay, you want to make sure that you're, you're paying for something that's going to be useful um, in the future. So, but for your um, universities offer something a little bit different. They offer um, maybe a larger uh, facilities, uh, the classrooms could be larger, depends if you go to a smaller university for, for, uh, rather than a, uh, a, a larger one. Um, they have all kinds of large sports events. So it all depends on what you're looking for and so to meet, to meet the needs. Okay, you want to prepare your documents in terms of when are your different um, uh, deadlines um when are your admission requirements um do you have to submit any transcripts do you have to submit um you're interested in being in any extracurricular do you have to do any tryouts you know you have to really think about moving forward if you have to get any kind of letters of recommendation you want to be preparing uh advance and not at the last minute and feeling overwhelmed with oh my god i have so much to do so you want to start preparing for that early and get a checklist early so you'll know what the requirement is going to be. So normally you're required to have transcripts, um, proof that you graduated from high school. Uh, community, some community colleges don't require that. You want to check on that part. Um, letters of recommendation, um, SAT or a a ACT, extracurriculars and detailed curriculum or syllabus. So. Um, and then also you you may want to do some due diligence this is not on the slide but um a lot of students they are very tech savvy and they go to ratemyprofessor.com and that's how they look up different people before you enroll in some of your classes and there are other websites that you could probably look up i wish they had that when i was in school but that's just uh, what uh, the technology-driven um, students do now. They, they do their due diligence before they enroll in a class, and they already have researched um, the situation. Okay, uh, applying for homeschooling scholarships, you want to definitely find out by visiting the financial aid department to see um, what are the internal and external scholarships, when are the um, application due dates, also, if you are not eligible, like this semester, you know, you want to put it on your list for next semester. Also, if you have to get uh, any internal, uh, let's say, financial aid opportunities in terms of scholarships, 
and it requires like one of your professors to fill out a um, reference or letter of recommendation, do it really, really early and not at the last minute because they will decline it because of the fact that they have so much to do. And so you have to kind of plan early. Okay, so um, these are different institutions that's providing uh, various scholarships. Um, I will have a, a, a gift for you. So if, don't worry about, I will provide this information to you uh, in the future if you are interested in um, any of these scholarships. Um, join um, different homeschooling communities that will help you get uh, support to transition to college. You may want to talk to um, the people in your area to see who's already transitioned to college. What was their experience? How did it impact them? What are some, some pitfalls or some obstacles that they face? Um, what are some best uh, practices that could be utilized in terms of um, studying, preparing, and, and school selection, finding textbooks, things of that nature? for them, you know, and, and what the admission process is. So you can share your experiences and so don't have maybe as many challenges um, with moving forward. And so um, there are several homeschooling communities that you may want to look into uh, getting involved in. And I will also still have this information as a part of your gift. So I want to thank each and every one of you for taking your beautiful time to listen to uh, the presentation about homeschooling transition to college. If you have any questions, you can feel free to contact me on my feliciagarns.com website. And if you would love to receive a free gift, I'm going to be giving a free homeschool gift. And if you type homeschool in the message box, I'm going to give you a free gift. And a free gift is going to pertain to homeschooling along with some great resources and um some websites that will help uh, your homeschooler become more successful moving forward to transition to college. If you want to connect with me, you can reach me at on Instagram, Felicia Golden Grind, also YouTube, same name, and also on Facebook. So let's connect. Don't be a stranger. I am Professor Felicia Golden Grimes, and so I look forward to connecting with you soon. Ramsey. I am your certified VCM coach. What exactly does that mean? That means that I am a coach that specializes in three areas of expertise. What exactly is that? Visibility, connections, and monetization. And how 
virtually online. I teach entrepreneurs how to completely level up, amplify, and share their voice with millions from the comfort of their home by just simply using my three tools, visibility, connections, and at the end of the day, everyone want to know how you can monetize what you do from the comfort of your home from a keyboard, from a cell phone. So let's go ahead and get into visibility connections and monetization as an essential factor for businesses transitioning to the digital age. Nutshell, someone just named me the master promoter. <laughs> All right. So with that, being a certified BCM coach, like I said before, I specialize in three areas of expertise, which is visibility connections and monetization. And my, and my specialty is online, online. Although my online trainings, my online coaching actually help my clients get into personal in-person arenas. However, what we're focusing on now in this digital age is making sure that people can click and find you. People can have access to you and your businesses and that your businesses or business is promoted in the right way to create the everlasting effect, all right? Evergreen product, what does that mean? That means a product or a service or promotion that they can click and search and it lasts forever, enabling you and the people who want to connect with you, opportunity to have access to you, to your product, service, and your brand. That is what I do. That is what my team does behind the scenes. And that is how you build your brand on a digital level so let's go ahead and break this down so all right so visibility connections and monetization are essential factors for businesses transitioning to the digital age what exactly is involved it involves first of all you have to do a mind shift change you have to change your mind first before you can change your life many times we say what we want but we don't change our mind to be conducive to allow all of that to come in. Come to your business services or products. You need to understand that we're living in a digital era and so many businesses are failing because you refuse and you're being stubborn that you are not. You say, oh, I am not doing no social media. I don't like social media. I am not doing no live videos. I am not even going to do no pre-recorded videos. I am not going to go on no interviews or no podcasts or no TV shows. I am just not, not, not. I'm not running no ads. I'm just not, not, not. <laughs> and let me tell you something. You have to shift with the world's demand. We are shifting from brick and mortar to click and order. And if your business is not clickable, shareable, then you are going to fall at the wayside. Yes, I am being a little bit hard today. I know, but this is how I am when I'm in my element of coaching. Listen, because I can't help you win if I'm just stroking your arms, like stroking your hand, saying, it's okay. Yeah, it will be okay, but we have to change that mind and I have to let you understand if you are a business owner or you're contemplating being a business owner, these are the essential factors that you have to have nowadays you can't just depend strictly on if you have a brick and mortar business uh paper advertisement and the ability for once to come inside your physical location because look what situation we in so yes you're going to still have people going to your physical location but you need to make it accessible so that the world can have access 
to your business. Excuse me. That is how, that is how you can start making money in your sleep by making sure that you transition your business to the digital world. So business has to transition to the digital in order to make it easier for the consumer to have access to your business. A consumer cannot have access to your business if they see a product online that is yours or a post that you put on social media and they're in Asia and they see the product and they need your product, but you only have this product available in your store, then you already lost all of that income right there. So you need to make sure that you have digital products as well as physical products that is accessible to uh, individuals online. Okay, so the digital transition is so important and so profound. And many of us, we have clearly uh, said, I'm not going to do this, but I'm, I'm begging you, I am imploring you on this day to understand that if you don't start transitioning your business over to the digital age, you will be left behind. Let me say it again. This is Coach T. the certified VCM coach. I do not sugarcoat it when I'm coaching. I am coaching you right now. You are seeing some of the some of what I do in my three, six year long coaching program because all of my students is successful. Every last one of them. <laughs> all right. I mean, I love you. I'm doing this because I love you. Okay. So listen. If you, you have to transition and I know it can be a little overwhelming and a little scary. That's why you hire in individuals like my team and I, and you work with individuals who is not, it's not overwhelming to us. We actually love what we do. <laughs> so think about it. When is the last time you got a paper business card? When is the last time you picked up your phone? You probably have your phone in your hand right now. All right. Think about this. This phone should be used for more than just talking and texting. It should be used as a tool in order to amplify and get your business out to the world globally with millions, right? So this is one facet. Your cell phone, going on TV, starting a TV show, starting a podcast, being on different social media platforms, getting involved in the media, meaning with press releases, blogs, magazines, books, and more. Going live on your social media so that your ideal audience can connect with you in an authentic way. You need to fully leverage all of these digital products and switch from those paper business cards to digital business cards. And I'm not talking about just a flat little business card, piece of uh, a little, a little, <clears throat> a little uh, JPEG, and you just send it. I'm talking about something that is in that is interactive, that incites action on the part of the consumer who actually possess your digital business card. And I'm going to share something with you a little bit later in this presentation about <laughs> interactive digital business card I've been actually using for a year now and how it actually helped me get my first uh, international uh, customer in Guam. Never had a conversation with them, never met them. Only thing I did was drop this digital business card in a couple groups. Someone from Guam picked it up and I got a ding on my phone from my, from my store and said, you have just got a customer from Guam. I was like, 
from all using a digital interactive business card, which is the keyword interactive. So you need to use a mixture of all these technologies. And the good thing is most of these technologies are not too expensive. And you could just simply switch out some of the things that are not currently working for you and switch that money over to start using these things that will work. Of course, we know we're going to always use our websites as well. Okay, let's talk about visibility. All right, I love visibility. All right, you know why? It's because visibility is what actually is the foundational uh, piece in order to help you on an online building your influence and all of that online. Okay, so first of all, let's keep it real. If you want visibility from experts, specialists like myself to come in and expedite your process, or, and clearly we, we studied this, we know what we're doing, went to school for it, all right? You have to be, you have to have a visibility budget, point blank. So if you have a business and then you want to have more visibility, that is not free, okay? So change your mindset thinking that everything got to be free, asking people to do this and that, and you know that's their profession. This is what they do. This is different from friends and family that you just ask them to do something for you because, you know, they're friends and family. But we're talking about if you know that someone like myself is an expert in the field, a specialist in the field, then they're not going to do that for free because they took many times, hours like myself, taking classes, studying and working with social media agencies. So we know what we're doing, right? So you're going to have to really put aside a budget. Now, when I say that, don't think you have to all the time have an astronomical budget. You can start start small if you're doing something by yourself with just $25, $50 um, and start getting some more visibility. And then as you grow, as you build, you can have a more larger uh, visibility budget. Of course, with us, we build budgets around what you have. So based upon whatever your budget is that you have for visibility, uh, CTR Enterprises, we work very, very hard in order to provide you some visibility for the budget that you currently have. Um, so far, we have 100% satisfaction rate. Uh, and so far, we, thanks to God, we've been able to provide uh, visibility at some extent to all budgets. Okay, even if the incredibly small budget, we have been able to do like smaller things for them. And then for the, of course, for the ones that's bigger, a whole lot more. All right. And so it's essential. Visibility is very, very essential for business development. And it is a key factor in transitioning your business to the digital era, to digital outlets, because proper visibility can greatly change the landscape of your business. Many of you looking at real estate, in-person real estate, well, visibility is virtual real estate. And whoever holds the part place is who will actually have the cash in their bank account, in their business bank account or not. So if you don't have visibility capital, you don't own Ford Walk, then you need to start building your visual presence, your virtual presence right now. And you can call CTR Enterprises to book um, that for you. So visibility, let me just break this down. Visibility is more than just posting a post on social media. 
even though that is part of the process, but if you just post and you don't know the strategic science behind how to post, when to post, who are you trying to attract in the post, then you're just posting, wasting time. So visibility is more than just uh, posting your product services or just even dropping your website link. And a, uh, you have to have a gateway in order to get paid and you have to build around that visibility. It's uh, and it's and it's like having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You can't have one without the other, right? Because it's media, it's promotion, it's planning, it's strategic. It's, uh, it's a whole lot of different things that goes into building your visual brands online. Okay, and I need you to understand this. True visibility, media, promotion, always incite an emotion. Always incite some sort of emotion. Whether it's good, it's bad, it's fear, it's excitement, it's happiness, it always incites some systematic emotion, emotional experience for the ones who are reading your post, watching your video, going to your website, clicking your digital business card, listening to your podcast, going to your TV show, going to your live. It is an emotional experience that you are creating in order to get the reaction that you desire and to lead them where you want them to go. And if you're not doing this correctly, your promotion, your video, your podcast, your TV show, your promotional plan, your media, your website, your products, your services is going to just literally fall on deaf ears. So all that work, creating that post and all this stuff like that, it's just, just going to leave you very frustrated, overworked, and underpaid, and it's going to make you feel like you want to give up. That's why you need to hire a professional like myself. Okay, so um, visibility, like I said, is not just seeing, it's a feeling. So once you understand that social media is more than just uh, seeing things, it's a feeling, so then you can start building your visibility of plan of, and marketing around the feeling that you want the consumer to feel when they see your product service or when they look at your website. Do you want them to feel excitement, hope, sadness, anger, frustration? Um, do, do you want them to feel uh, empowered? How do you want them to feel that will drive them to action in the now because let's face it it's so much going on on social media so how can your post your video your podcast your tv show your photo pull them in to do what you want them to do you have to convey feeling you have to be authentic and you need to do it in such a way of being consistent so that they will stop scrolling and click in order or click and DM you to ask for more information. And that is what I do and my team do as a BCM and with our promotion and working with businesses. We create the emotion around what you want them to do. All right. Okay. I'm about to, I'm not going to break down everything, but I am going to talk about it in a little bit because I have just make for too long of a video, but I'm just going to give you 24 visibility strategies that is essential that has to happen. And you have to know what you're doing in order for it to be successful. But I'm going to just let you know right now, it's so many different visibility tactics that just put down 24 right now of the top ones. Like I said, visibility is more than just posting on social media. It is a, it's like building a quilt. 
they all like if you think about a homemade quilt they have different squares different sizes different thread colors but once you get done completing the quilt it all makes a beautiful uh, quilt a beautiful photo or whatever it is that you're trying to design with that quilt true visibility true connections and monetization is a massive quilt and if you don't put all the pieces in at the right time syncing them together with a strong thread a foundation woven together to bring all these pieces together you're going to have a hole and you may not notice that hole is stopping you at that moment but as you build that hole get larger and larger and eventually your business fall in the hole you lose a big piece a big factor of what it is that you're building with your business because you you have holes in so these are my personal top 24 visibility strategies you have to have a website i know sometimes you just start out, you don't have it but this is something that you can build upon you need to have be in blogs write blogs classify ads you need to have professional photos you need to be a part of webinars or have your own you need to have a strong online marketing presence you need to do videos online press release ebooks uh ebooks physical books promotions email blasts social media networking Teleseminars, cell phone, text phone blasts, um, podcasts, whether you be on other people's podcasts like the Tina Ramsey Show and podcasts, or you build your own podcast. And FYI, we teach you how to do that too. <laughs> um, writing reviews, giving reviews, TV interviews, magazines, promotions, virtual events, affiliate marketing, networking portfolio courses, and the list goes on and on. And then the next one is a brand ambassador why are all these important because all of these in its own way presents visibility in a different way that are all essential in order to position a business in a lasting evergreen way all right lasting evergreen we don't just want to be um visible for a couple of days we want to be visible forever we want the visibility to search uh so uh, uh i'm missing my words but you wanted to uh succeed over our personal life we wanted to surpass our personal life right so even after we're gone our legacy is still building we're still bringing in that residual income blessing our families even when we're not here because that is what we build over here with c2r enterprises we build lasting visibility clickable visibility so that even when you are not there your visibility is still there you're still googleable you're still searchable they can still see you you are still consistent and present so that it will draw them in to do business with you and that is a process that is done on the front end and the back end in order for it to be successful the front end is just simply posting, which most people do. Um, but it's different strategies of, around posting and how to post, when to post, what to post when you're posting. But then most importantly, it's the back end work that we specialize in that actually help position your business in such a way that it builds that evergreen effect, that lasting visibility, that even when our services, when we're done with you on your visibility uh, package, that you still benefit from it. All of our clients still benefit. Everyone who ever come on the Tina Ramsey Show and podcast, any of our podcasts, any of our TV shows, had any blogs done about them, even after their initial investment is done, 
they still benefit because we're still distributing. We're still elevating and positioning you so much so with less invisibility that even when they search for us, they find you. That is what makes our business stand aside and stand alone and stand apart from most companies today that uh, specialize in visibility, social media, marketing, and all of that because our visibility is lasting and we take you along the ride with true lasting visibility. Um, and we also have strong relationships with other individuals within the industry of visibility, social media marketing, and so much more. So we have strong relationships with business owners and also ones within the digital market industry that actually uh, we all work together in order to succeed in order to help elevate you. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful situation that we are blessed with with CTR Enterprises to help our clients just continuously win. Next, we're going to talk about connections. Connections, all right. Connections is so important. Uh-oh. Connections are so important because that is what you really want to do on social media. Opposite words, social, you want to be social, but you want to do it from a visual or virtual standpoint, right? So you want to make sure that you use social media in order to elevate position and be a blessing to others. So connections is like a three-part thing. It's first connections is dealing with networking, then it's connections, then it's affiliation. So first you get into a room in a virtual event, you network, you meet somebody. That's your first connection. Then once you network with them, you meet them, you may give them your phone number, your cell phone number, your digital business card, interact the digital business card, uh, your TV show information, podcast show information, and then you, or you give them your calendar link and then you make the initial discovery call and connection where you get to know them, see what you have in common. Then after you had that conversation, you realize, oh, we should work together. Then you realize they have a program, you have a program, you become affiliated with that business entity, which extends your network to more people because not only will you and that person have your network, but now you have the other person's network. And now you realize that it's you're stronger with others than by yourself because the power of affiliation is something that everybody, that is the ultimate goal with connections and building authentic relationship. I cannot say that any clearly. Just don't go in thinking what a person can do for you First, go into any new relationship or opportunity thinking, how can I be of service and a help and a blessing to this person, this business, this nonprofit? Because by default, how the world is set up, you'll be a blessing to someone else. You will be blessed. That is just how it goes. That's just how it goes. Okay, connection budget. Remember, just like visibility is not free. Sorry about that. Just like visibility is not free, connections are not free relationships meaning when you're building connections and relationships it's not free because you're still gonna have to spend your time your energy getting to know a person so you need to master this online skill all right many of us talk about soft skills well you need to master the visibility connection virtual skills you need to also master opp being on other people's platforms how can you master that master that in such a way when you have these speaking opportunities to be able to show respect while you're on someone else's platform, sticking within their guidelines, but also sharing your business in such a way that encourage individuals to want to connect with you even after your 
uh, speaker opportunity is over on various stages. And I cannot say clearly enough, you want to build authentic relationships. Next, these are some ways in order, cost-effective ways that you can make uh, connections. You can start your own podcast. You can start your own TV show. You can be a guest on multiple TV shows and podcasts. I encourage you to stop by the Tina Ramsey show to come share, shine, and grow on our show. We absolutely love spotlighting and sharing businesses, all of which are ways, if you don't have your own platform, you go find other people's platforms that resonate with you, ask them about being a featured guest on this show. Some are free, some are not like mine. My show is not uh, free because we, we are on Roku, Amazon, we on um, Apple, we on iHeartRadio, we have a 24 live TV uh, TV station. So when you are getting to more uh, high-end uh, television and podcasting, there's usually an investment um, that you have to pay. And that's with podcasts, that's with television shows, of course, because like myself, we have to invest in order to have these platforms available. And so it's a business, it's not just a hobby. But then you can find some individuals that have podcasts that's just starting out or they just have a podcast where uh, they don't. So based upon your budget and what kind of result you would like to have um, or what you're building with your visibility and connections, you need to uh, pick wisely and have a budget of how much you're going to spend in this area. Like, okay, I'm going to go on podcast. This is my budget for the year for going on podcasts, investing. This is my budget for uh, TV shows. This is my budget um, for XYZ. Okay, so what does it mean for you and your brand and your business Be when you go on these shows and different stuff like that? It actually helps to build your influence and your credibility. And if the entity that you're going on do proper placement and uh, visibility strategies behind the marketing with you coming on the show, then it also position you uh, with visibility, um, not only on social media, but outside of social media, which is really important. And that's one other facet that we specialize in as well, making sure that you're not just seen on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, you're seen on Google, you're seen in other areas on social media and outside of social media that is true uh, visibility uh, to make you that clickable, shareable asset allowing businesses to connect with you. And so um, <clears throat> you need to have those attachments. You need to also, um, it's not an accident um, with promotion that we do. It's not an accident. It's a strategic plan that we do in order to strategically market you, placements for you, and positioning that produces that long-standing uh, effect, visibility that up. I can't even say the word now, <laughs> supersedes uh, your visit on our TV show. It outlasts your visit and it still can bring you uh, more and more visibility uh, through the years and years to come. Monetization, let's go ahead and talk about this because at the end of the day, we want to know about connections. We want to know about visibility, but at the end of the day, we want to know about how we monetize, how we monetize. <laughs> okay, so right now we're going to talk about monetization. So monetization, in order for you, this is keep it 100, 
In order for you to monetize your business with consistent flow of capital, which is money, you must position your visibility and connections properly because, like I said, it's an essential factor for businesses transitioning to the digital era with lasting revenue building steps. Now, I'm going to give you a little tip. If you are only connected to make money, then that's why you're not making money. Let me say it again for the back of the room. If you're only connected... <laughs> to make money then that's why you not making it okay because it has to come from an authentic place in order to attract what you want right of course all of us have the end goal that we need we not doing this just for a hobby we want to make money but i'm driven by servitude i'm driven by uh people how can i make a positive impact and do by default God blessed me to be able to make an income from the gifts that he blessed me with. But it started with my love, my zest, my hope, and my desire to see everyone win, all right? Because I know greatness is in all of us. We just have to tap into it, and you need someone to help you see it and then show you how to build it. And when we show you how to build it and nourish it, then all of those gifts start coming out and you'll be able to monetize not just your tv show your podcast your ebooks your speeches being a speaker it's so many different ways in order for you to monetize what you do including tools and different things like that okay so let me just break it down i'm not gonna go in complete detail this is actually what i break down for my one-on-one -on -one coaching students who uh join my learn how to start a podcast and monetize a class and they book that one-on-one -on -one with me i really hammered down on multiple streams of income how you can make it not just from the podcast but from the tv show and then another facet which we are getting ready to go in is making it from social media <laughs> okay did you know there's 12 forms um at least 12 forms of income that you can make just from your podcast alone <clears throat> excuse me yes just from your podcast alone you can make up to 12 uh, streams same thing with your tv show uh you can make up to 12 streams and then you can actually make more than that but the average person that just starting out can make up to 12. once you start building up your resume your portfolio of course you can make more than that um and then on average you can make seven streams of income just from your social media up because distribution and i break that down with the one-on-ones with our clients okay so these multiple streams of income is the power of distribution with tv podcasting tv shows uh social media and other platforms of course our tv show is an imdb uh, uh tv show we have uh so many different podcasts up on our belt so many different tv shows and podcasts that we have actually helped produce as well um our team is very qualified to help with writing production uh building uh starting a podcast tv show um, we are specialists in OTT television, which is um, over the top television, what you see with streaming TV. Okay. And so we have, and we're also on Amazon too, Amazon Music, Audible, all those good things. You can listen to our podcast and stuff like that. So let's talk about promotion the tools. Woo! We about to go home. We about to go home because I know it's a little bit long, but I want to really just pour into you. I am giving you 
so much information and this is usually what i pour into my clients okay so i'm giving you like a one-on-one -on -one. so this is going to be long you might have to stop this you might have to start this but you definitely want to make sure you go through all of this okay because i'm not going to make this available for a long time because it's just too much okay too much stuff so this is your blessing okay this is your blessing let's talk about promotional tools the ideal thing for businesses that want to transition to the digital age and make a, and solidify a presence on the virtual map is making sure that whatever you're doing in regards to promotion has an evergreen product, which just simply means last forever. And usually these tools are not expensive, all right? They're not super duper expensive if you know what you're doing and how to utilize what you're doing. That's why you need a professional. <laughs> because sometimes we just spend way 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 too much money okay um and so now let's talk about promotion so true visibility placement and positioning takes i'm going to keep it 100 it takes at least six to 12 months if you're a person that just started now or maybe you're not just starting out but you just never utilize social media visibility online it's going to take time some people will tell you in your face i can make you famous i can do this for you in a month the only way that is humanly possible, if your video go viral, and then if it go viral, you only going to be a sensation for the, you know that 15 minutes of fame, not unless you know how to capitalize on that 15 minutes of fame, and most people don't. Uh, think about how many people went viral, what they're doing now. The most of them, they have that moment of fame, and then they fizzle out because they don't know how to position and utilize that 15 minutes of fame to their benefit. So they, they phase out like the one hit wonders and all of that um, because they didn't have anyone that specialized in helping them to elevate and position that one hit wonder, that viral video that can help them build any business and entity that they wanna build if they know how to position it right. And that's why I love what my team and I do. So I'm just gonna break it down to you true visibility gonna take at least six months to a year to build let me say it again true visibility and promotion and and if you're looking for a lasting effect if you're just looking for something just to promote to get a big little hoopla woo check out my event woo check out my this woo check out my debt well then you can do something for 30 days you can even do something for 60 days and that will do what it needs to do and in some cases it will build some factors of uh, longevity if you have the right person doing it um however to build true lasting influence building credibility building lasting evergreen positioning effect it takes at least six to 12 months of building to make lasting results that has to be consistent so you can't just build for the six to 12 months and then stop once you start receiving all the results you have to continuously build it it's a process it takes progress and the results can start to be seen now be positive you can start to see results within the first three months but ideally six to 12 months it takes time to build it think about it, it takes time to build a business it takes time to build lasting visibility um promotions credibility um building your brand online just like you have to do with your brick and mortar to to be an asset to get people to know that you have a store 
things that you have to same thing you have to do on the visibility real estate you have to do the same thing different uh same process two different arenas but the same process has to be done and you can't skip the process it's going to have ups downs but it's going to have a whole lot of wins and results can be faster based upon um your budget <clears throat> this would be 100 your budget plays an essential role in how much you can do and how much results you plan to see within a certain amount of time based upon your budget so the question is <clears throat> excuse me so the question is would you like to learn how to transition your business with essential tools from a digital platform the answer is yes 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 i know you do so the very first thing that i want to tell you to do because tv can be a little bit expensive but we're working on something right now to make a tv affordable for everyone if that's what you want so stay tuned to ctr enterprises we're gonna be making an announcement soon <laughs> god is good all right so you want to go ahead and start your podcast why because podcasting is the most cost effective inexpensive way in order to position your business with the evergreen marketing tool that makes you accessible not only for your business but also make your business appealing to other business owners and people who need promotion now only thing you have to do is go to coachtinaramsay.com that is coachtinaramsay.com and order our course online and then you will be dropped into our learn how to start a podcast and monetize a class and uh being that i came from radio i know how much the overhead cost is for radio and how much time and how much effort and the learning curve you have to do in order to do radio now i've been doing podcasting for a couple years and let me tell you podcasting is the most easiest uh transition and most cost effective and it allows access to whomever wants to do it whether you just starting out um, and you don't have a strong social media presence, it will help you build it. It also helps you uh, with have, not having to have a high overhead cost. All of these are essential tools that businesses have to have right now. Um, and it's a great marketing tool to have a podcast because that is a way that you can literally share your message, product, service, mission with the world with millions depending upon what uh distribution outlets that you're currently on like iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify that allows uh, alexa i have people that listen to my podcast which i get the analytics through alexa they call out the tina ram show and podcast and it comes up they listen to our show through uh alexa so it's so it opens you up to so many possibilities okay so okay so the question is would you like to learn how to transition your business with these essential tools from a digital platform of course you can always be a featured guest on the tina ramsey show and podcast you can join i learned how to start a podcast and monetize it right now we're doing a special 50 percent off you want to know what that 50 percent off is go to coach and we also have our number one uh podcast ebook which is in combination with the class so some people that might look at the class and say oops i can't pay that right now and we were like okay that's cool but we made it accessible that we put it all in a book why 
so that for ones who just cannot afford our class right now, you can definitely afford our Learn How to Start a Podcast and Monetize a Book, which is everything you need to know to start and maintain a successful podcast as a business, not a hobby, as a business. All right. So we have you covered in both in both areas. And then we have the ones, the super achievers that not only purchase the class, but they also purchase the book as well because they want to see it. They want to feel it. They want to read it. They want it all. So of course you can choose how you want to do it. And if you're saying, well, I just don't want to be bothered with starting a podcast. I know it's relevant. I know it's essential, but I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. But then just simply come on and be a guest on our show. And you can look um, under the TV tab and click on uh, CoachTinaRamsey.com and book to be a featured guest on our show, okay? All right. Okay, so um, a little bit about us. I've been seeing CTR Enterprises a lot throughout this presentation, and you may not know exactly what it is. So I am the CEO and founder of CTR Enterprises, which is a consulting uh, service business created for entrepreneurs and startup businesses to provide them with beneficial assistance and coaching for business development, influence building, PR, media, marketing, resources, homeschooling help, podcasts and TV shows, and branding. Of course, promotion, that in a nutshell is what we do. We also help entrepreneurs maintain their health naturally as they scale up their businesses. Why do we focus on uh, natural wellness as well? Because we have noticed that many times when entrepreneurs, as you're scaling and building up your businesses, you are not watching your health. And so right now, our health is so important. And so we have available for females, natural wellness products, for males, natural wellness products, as well for your entire family, natural wellness products, because we have CTR, Enterprise uh, Family Wellness, uh, CTR well, Family Wellness, we have that as well, so that you can get your pain, if you're having pain, ooh, ooh, ooh. you need um, mouthwash, you need toothpaste, um, you need, uh, now we're going to start having, uh, where well, you can order uh, food, you can order chicken and different stuff like that from online that are uh, without the pesticides and the chemicals and stuff like that in it in order for you to make sure that you keep your family and yourself healthy as you scale up your business. So go ahead and check out uh, CoachTinaRamsey.com. Check out, go through our website, go through the tabs and see what we're offering because I'm pretty sure that we have something that you want, something that you need and something that is cost effective for you to be able to jump on right now in order to help start positioning you right now before the year go out. So the bonus too, okay. I've been telling you about this digital interactive card. So I'm gonna tell you a little secret, how and what helped me level up, all right? Cause usually, you know, you see people that have been featured on the sister billboard, Grammys, ABC, NBC, Yahoo Finance. They not gonna tell you. They see some of their secret sauce, but I'm different. I'm gonna tell you some of my secret sauce. You're welcome. <laughs> this is one of my major tips that only cost me 41 cents a day. I'm not kidding you. This is one of my major, 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 major tips. Okay. If you have a website, <clears throat> let me clear my throat because <clears throat> this is so good. If you have a website, <clears throat> it's so good I can't even have to get out. <laughs> 
if you have a website and you don't have this, then you are missing out. Let me say it again. If you have a website and you don't have this, then you are missing out. If you don't have a website and you need a way to pull all of the essence of your businesses together until you're able to build a website, then if you don't have this, you're missing out. Let me tell you what this is. This is an interactive digital business card. This is not some flat card that someone you just send out that look just like the paper card, except you say it's digital because you send it to them um, through your phone. No, no, no. This is an interactive digital business card that you can actually build and customize and brand to match your website. I've, I've been using this for a year. The NFL uses this. Listen, it keeps the analytics. It lets you know which buttons um, people like the most. It actually helps them be able to call you straight from the car. They can save it like an icon on their telephone or on their um, cell phone. They can carry it with them. They can forward it. They can text you. They can buy straight from the car. They can do everything from this car. This has eased up so much of time that I used to spend having one-on-ones because this car explains everything. And I have sent it to celebrities as well as uh, six to eight figure earners, as well as just starting out business owners. And also regular people who are just my consumers, my supporters, my fans absolutely love you because without you, first of all, God, but without you supporting, we wouldn't be who we are. So everybody loves this. I had Prince, director, singer, and dancer told me, wow, this is nice. <laughs> all right. So and that's just one of the people. So what did this car actually do? It helps with brand visibility building that brand awareness, that attachment, that emotion, that feel that goes around your business, the flow. All right. It helps with digital marketing. It helps with video because it's the bottom of my digital business card. It has a video. It has content marketing because this connects the consumer and the business, the business, the business, the consumer to business individuals with your content. It's over the internet, which means that it's accessible to the entire world. By just a click. And let me tell you, I want you to take your time right now. <laughs> Woo! And check out my website, buddy. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash coach Tina One. Tinyurl.com coach Tina One. <laughs> I want you to look that up. Type it just like you see it on the screen. This little, this little amazing revolutionary tool that I only pay. 41 cent a day for has been the most safest, fastest, most effective digital marketing tool that I have had. This actually helped me get that international client in Guam. This actually helped me get another international uh, client in New Zealand. This actually helped me get another international uh, client in Barbados. So let me tell you something from the Caribbean as well. So this card has helped me so, so, so much. And this is one of my secret sauce. You're welcome. So go to tinyurl.com forward slash coach Tina one, and you will be able to see 
this digital business card, which is just simply amazing. And if you scroll all the way down to the last tab, you'll be able to see how you can purchase this digital business uh, card, which I call my website, buddy. Okay. <laughs> you can purchase it and you're, you're worth it. You're worth it. You only pay once a year, once a year. Oh my goodness. One of the best investments I made for my business. Um, and so right now, you can go to CoachTinaRamsey.com to book us for your entrepreneur wants and needs. We also have an introductory price for this event on our website. You want to know what it is? Go see. You'll see all the percentage that we mark down. So if you want to start uh, your own TV show, if you want to be a featured guest on our uh, five-star rated TV show that's on IMDb, our TV show actually reached 3 billion homes or 3 billion people. Um, our podcast, if you want to just be on our podcast, the Tina Ramsey Show and Podcast, or any of our uh, five podcasts, because we have five. You just select which one you want. Uh, you have to call us or email us for other details on our other podcasts, but you can go see all of our uh, podcasts and TV shows uh, on IMDb. Okay. Uh, they are on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, excuse the typos, Google. Um, Amazon Prime is so much more. And that and our podcast actually reached 350 million. Um, you can book a coaching session with us as well. If you are a person need mentoring and coaching, you want to join our classes, purchase our ebooks, or speak on any of our virtual stages that we have to truly elevate and give you that visibility and connections that you're looking for. Uh, you can actually because we collaborate with uh entities from all over the world globally and within the United States as well. So we have what you need in order to get that visibility connections that actually lead to that monetization that all of us want at the end of the day. So uh, the last thing I want you to know is that this is your season to win. Stop waiting for the ideal perfect situation. It don't exist. Start today. You need to invest, learn, grow, elevate, win. Book us today at CoachTinaRamsey.com. I look forward to interviewing you either on our TV show podcast or I look forward to you purchasing any of our ebooks that we made resourceful and cost effective so that you can be able to get the information that you need in order to elevate. And all these things have worked for us. We don't put out anything that has not worked for us or and or our clients. All right. So it has been vetted, it has been tried and true, and it is made exclusively for you. So go to CoachTinaRamsay.com. Hello, my name is Steve Posnanski. I'm the CEO of IntelliCard USA. My company designs and creates digital marketing tools to help you reach people easier, faster, better, and safer. I'm coming to you tonight because I wanted to let you know that if you're looking to brand and market yourself then there's no better place to do it than on the Tina Ramsey show. So take my advice, reach out to Tina, get on her show and watch your brand grow. Get you and your company in the hands of potential clients 24 seven. This is IntelliCard, today's digital business card. It is the ultimate sales branding and marketing tool. With IntelliCard, all of your information is in one place, making it easier to share and recall. IntelliCard is different. You get all of this in a highly secure web-based solution designed to get your results. Our homeschooling with excellence event went viral on Yahoo Finance and so much more. We are happy to share with you our helpful homeschooling business wellness ebooks, books, and 
resources to add to your library. Go to CoachTinaRamsay.com, that's CoachTinaRamsay.com, and connect and meet our featured speakers, and you can connect with their books, resources, courses, and so much more. This stuff has been vetted, tried, and true, and it was designed just for you. So make sure to go to CoachTinaRamsay.com and connect with our speakers and add these amazing books and ebooks to your library today. guests on our show go to the tina ramsey show.com come share shine and grow on the tina ramsey show and podcast